You're listening to the Deliberative Podcast. Welcome to the Deliberative, your weekly podcast all about Exalted. I'm your host, Corey, and joining me today, as always, are Charles. Hey, And Jim. How's it going? And we have today a very special guest, another Jim, if you will, <laughs> the one, the only, James <laughs> Bell, the Kickstarter guru for oh, Onyx Path. Yeah. The guru. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> The guy who takes my money. Yeah. Well, Thanks, I, James. Well, technically, Kickstarter takes the money, and then it's processed, and then Onyx Path gets that, and the I don't, I don't see that. The who gets yeah. my money from me. Kickstarter. Uh, you say potato, I say broke. So, yes. yes. <laughs> Welcome to the show, James. We're glad to have you on here. Thank you. How's it going with you? Uh, it's going well. Awesome. <laughs> the end. <laughs> yeah. hey, he, he was well, not it's a been really great good guest. We'll catch you all next time. All right. Oh, awesome. Man. Well, we're going to talk to James here in just a second. We're going to find out everything that makes him tick. But first of all, we are going to talk about the news. And in the news this week, Onyx Path has released three new baddies and or... And or friends, I suppose, for your Exalted game. We have new releases in the Adversaries of the Righteous and in the 100 Devils Night Parade. So before we get into talking about the, the new ones this week, I, I just wondered, which which one of these uh, two different, you know, because these are like two different books that are being slowly put together for us here. The Adversaries of the Righteous being mainly like new exalts and new sentient beings and whatnot and then the hundred devils night parade being more of a bestiary uh which one of these do you guys find is the coolest um i'm going to cheat and say both of them uh oh, come on <laughs> well hear, hear me out hear me out so right now um i think that the adversaries of the righteous is my favorite one because okay. since okay. we only have books that support solars and dragon bloods we are getting some uh, some other exalt types uh, before we have support for them, right? So we got a right. lunar a couple weeks ago. One of them was right. a sidereal. Um, so that's why I think right now, Adversaries is my favorite. But I think in right. the long run, Hundred Devils yeah. Night Parade is going to be my favorite. Yeah, you know, and I can actually understand that because uh, one thing that I always really wanted for Exalted back in earlier editions was just like a massive monster manual like you get in D&D &D or whatever. And th so this is kind of that, right? Yeah. I mean, w like we had the Scroll of Exalts and what in the second edition, but it, it wasn't my favorite book. In fact, I don't know if I even cracked it open too many times because by the time that came out, all the other books were out, right? The, the Dragon Bloods, the Sidereals. So I didn't care, you know, at that point. I was like, well, I guess if I want to, you know... Uh, an NPC to throw into a game. But yeah, at this moment, I, I totally agree. I think the Adversaries of the Righteous is the neatest one because you're constantly getting new material that you can just immediately use in your game, too. And it's like, also showing us kind of where the other lines are. You know, it's like hinting yeah, it's at where they're going. Yeah, it's, yeah. 
It's a spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> Charles loves it. Or no, it's Jim. It's Jim that loves it when we say spoiler alert. Right? Yeah. 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 He loves it. it. It's his favorite. I hate it. Do you, do you look, like it when look, we say hand I'm wave, though? Oh. <laughs> we can say we hand wave those spoilers. Oh, man. Oh, oh God. Already he's the best guest we've had. Already. <laughs> Oh, I've got a Sheriff Daisy joke lined up, too, later. Uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, snap. Now, look, I'm going to say, spoiler alert. Okay, look, if a DVD, if, if a movie's been on DVD for a year, I'm allowed to, to tell you a scene, because if you really cared about that movie, you would have went and saw it in the theater and, and rented the that. DVD. Yeah, Some movies came that. out before we were born, Jim. You know that. Well, you should see them now. <laughs> I was too young to see Point Break with Keanu Reeves, all right? Ooh, really? Oh <laughs> yeah, it was. Ah, freaking Charles, kid. Charles, please tell me you have seen The Goonies. Yes, I have. Okay. 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 All right. All right. So, good. Good. I was going to have to, like, send some sort of, like, assassin to your house. Or... <laughs> Jeez. But instead, of, but instead of showing up with, like, a long rifle to take you out, he would show up with a DVD Dude, of The Goonies. You totally, miss, <laughs> you, you totally miss all the jokes on in Stranger Things 2 yeah, with Sean yeah, Astin if you yeah. haven't seen The Goonies. Because That's he was right. actually a child star in the 80s. Yep. So pause yep. us and go watch The Goonies and then come back. And by the yeah. way, if you're a fan of Sea of Thieves, the new Xbox game, and you haven't seen The Goonies, you're not going to get most of what goes into their advertising campaign with Sean Astin because he does make some good one eye willy jokes in those uh, commercials. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so anyway, what were we talking about the news? That's right. Okay, so yeah, so now time to talk about the news. <laughs> All right, so this week we've had three new baddies come out. Uh, the you Sussurus. didn't ask me what my favorite was. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I expected you to jump in there with, uh, well, with Gusto. we had to talk about spoilers and goonies. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to uh, say I like the uh, Hundreds, Hundreds Night Parade. Oh, okay. And the reason I do is because you get to see these really cool beasts that have charms like picked from all oh, different yeah. exalts and i want this i want yeah. to when when my characters go into a swamp or something that there's this crazy swamp monster that's gonna like you know do you know i don't want it to always be you know like oh here's a sidereal that comes out of nowhere right. like i want right. something i we kind of lost this a little bit with uh second edition and I didn't realize this until I started reading first edition that we actually lost something. A lot of that supernatural feel that right. was in the first edition that has now started coming back in third edition. Right. Uh, we lost a little bit of that in second edition. We totally and did. I started and in I, second edition, so I didn't really realize what I missed. Yeah, right. I don't even and know I, what you're talking about because I'm not familiar <laughs> with first edition. <laughs> well, you know, I read the core book in the first edition and I just absolutely loved it but then I couldn't get anybody to play it so I didn't I didn't read any more. I just read the core book and then when second edition came out I read everything. And so that was like my normal, you know. And now reading in third edition I'm like, "Oh, this is so neat. It's so cool, so supernatural." And then they're like, "Dude, it's been there. That's first edition stuff." And I go back and, you know, read some of the stuff uh, like this past week reading in the Outcast book for in first edition. I'm like, "Man, this is good." <laughs> so, yeah. Some really good stuff there. All right, so we've got we've got three new baddies. Susurus, Lodestar, those are both in the Hunter Devil's Night Parade, and then 
the fivefold masks and lies in the adversaries of the righteous. So of these three, so Susurus is kind of like a weird uh, composite ghosty thing that eats other ghosts and turns into a giant, like, freaking ghost amoeba. And Lodestar is a bit of a... Um, is a bit of a companion a, a rock yeah he's like a companion he's like a, he's like a like a familiar he's like a butler uh yeah. he's like a rock <laughs> scorpion with a human face and uh with some really neat powers and whatnot but he's kind of your friend and then fivefold masking lies is a god-blooded uh which has some some interesting kind of like stirring up of uh people and crowds kind of abilities so out of these three did you guys have particular favorites uh jim since i skipped you on the last thing why don't you start us off what, which, what was your favorite one of these now at the beginning when i looked at these i wasn't too um wild about the fivefold mask and lies and i would say that the uh the the ghost one at the uh what was that the the Su- susurrus susurrus i like that but doing my second read i think that the fivefold mask and lies would be a it would be a good adversary to put in a game you could uh because right. they're there to stir up trouble i, I kind of get like a uh, a loki feel from this character yeah, yeah. like a yeah. like a god of mischief kind of person mm-hmm. yeah. and uh you know all your thor references you've been making <laughs> we've actually went back <laughs> and watched thor like every one of them even even the second one that you know oh, the, wow. one, the one you no make one it speaks through? about yeah i did Okay. Um, mainly, like mainly from uh, uh, Loki. Well, one of us. Loki's turning into Captain America joke. That was that was kind of funny in there, but uh, right. But yeah, I like the fivefold mask and lies a little more now that I've given given it a second read. Right. Because I think you could really do some cool stuff with this character in a game. Right. Well, and and uh, Charles and I were talking before the show about how you know it gives us some stats for a rapier which i think is awesome yeah yeah and it's kind of like oh yeah we were missing rapier oh now we got rapier right so it's such a fantasy staple like yeah i didn't realize it was missing until i saw it in there and was like wow that didn't make it in really right right yeah you could just take a scimitar and add disarm to it or piercing i think piercing is probably your big one that you want to add yeah yeah, but see, and that's one of the cool things about this adversaries of the righteous stuff is that they do just keep adding these little things. Like I went back and bought one of the uh, Ifraja the Librarian or something uh, this last week, and I was looking through it, and you know, it's got a, it's got a brand new shaping ritual for sorcery and a new spell, and I'm like, wow, this is cool. You know, you just get all these little nuggets all spiced through there. So I, I'm still not a fan of the way they release it. You know, uh, like two dollars a piece, and then. You know, probably when the final book drops, it'll end up being like, you know, one third of the cost of buying it all individually. Uh, I hope they do something for people who did buy them all individually. Yeah, you upload know, like, all of these with your name on it and uh, well, we'll, they can get, tell. we'll give you a discount. <laughs> they can tell. It's on your drive through RPG account. Right, you know? right. So like, if you own them all, you get this. Or if you own enough that the price that you paid is more than the book itself, then you go ahead and get the book. Now, I don't say this to imply that I'm bitter or anything, but they're not going to do that. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> They're just not going to do that. 
You know what would be now? I actually would not like this from like just a physical product perspective. But what this reminds me of is like when you were a kid, and like one grandparent or whatever gave you this like crazy stupid like teaser um, subscription to like the World Wildlife Federation. Uh, like pages that talk about different animals and they, they were like three hole punched and you like were supposed to oh, add them I to a binder. Those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you never, you didn't, you never had like a long subscription. You only got like five of them and then like, you know, Hey mom, can we keep doing this? Heck no boy. That's like $20 a month. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what, I mean, that's kind of what these feel like to me. It's almost like we should have a binder. Everybody like had the in. leopard, the lemur. And it's like, Oh, this is what I got. I got the L. <laughs> And then, like, your cousin has all of them, and you're like, oh, my gosh, you're the coolest person in the universe. Can I come over and look at your book? <laughs> yeah. For me, it was my cousin, Zach. Shout out to Zach. Hey, Zach. Still hey, got Zach. those animal pages? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what about you, Charles? Which one of these was your favorite? Uh, hands down, the Susurrus. Um, you know, in the in the weekly game that I'm running, the... The th there's a threat where all of these people are disappearing from town and they're showing back up and their souls are gone and you know I looked in the core rule book to try to find something well I was trying to find something that I could just copy and paste to be honest right, right? didn't find that and then I thought okay well maybe I'm going to have to make something and I wasn't really happy even with the ideas that I came up with I don't know how Onyx Path did it but they straight up made this thing a hundred percent for my the game. Yeah, I guess so. But hey. you know, as I was reading through it, I'm like, okay, so this thing like eats spirits and adds it on. So it's basically like the thing, which is one of my favorite movies. Mm. And I was like, that that like completely explains what is going on in my game world. So. I, I'm going to throw this in my game and eventually I'm really excited for my circle to confront it and see these twisted distorted faces of these beloved characters that they've you know uh, right. lost in town and be like oh, we have to kill them again like I don't want to do this uh, <laughs> so so but let me ask you a question though real quick what Corey, happened before before I'm I'm going to play off what James said. If they are listening in my game, I currently have some guys. Uh, they're looking for some power armor of the Immaculate Dragons. All five. We're, we're, yeah, the, all five. Yeah, it's there a way to get that started in the next two weeks. Yeah, yeah that would be great. Just that would be just really great. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be real swell. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, Corey, but that was oh, really no, no, important. No, 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 that's fine. You're going to be surprised when it shows up online for $45. Yeah. Oh, oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> this like week super, only. Yeah. yeah. $5 per Immaculate Dragon armor released over the next five weeks. Actually, I would... I would pay that. I would totally buy that. <laughs> uh, oh, man. But no, Charles, what I was going to ask you is, like, so now, now that you've said this on this episode, you have to ensure that your players don't listen to our show well, from this Well, joke's point on, on you because none of them do. I know. Still. I know they don't. But now you have to, like, keep them from it. <laughs> by the way you guys if any of y'all were uh were thinking about listening to the show please don't don't yeah. just, just don't no, do it actually then i think what i have to do, do is really beg them to listen yes. because that seems to be turning them off like yeah i don't get yeah. it whatevs i don't get it either yeah 
Well, I think probably, you know, since you guys took Cessaris and Fivefold Mask, I, I'll have to just go with Lodestar. And, and honestly, it was the one that I did like I the most. I do like Lodestar, too. Yeah, I, I did like it the most out of the three. Although I wasn't, I mean, I'm not well, going to use it in the game cool anytime soon. It's kind of cool to have a soon. companion versus, yeah. like, something you fight all the time. That was right. a cool thing. Yeah, I didn't think it had, like, a really super awesome story of, like, you know, how it came into existence or whatever. It wasn't, like, like the uh, Devilstone did. You know, I thought that Devilstone was just a oh, really sick really and awesome cool. thing. that was really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it, while it's cool, like, I'm not going to use it probably for, I don't know, years. So, um, so all of them were okay in my mind. Now, James, did you, d- do you get into all of these uh, monthly releases that they do for Exalted? Uh, no, I'm waiting. I think it'll, they'll probably all be in a bundle as a stretch goal for Lunars. So I'm just going <laughs> to. Oh, I, don't know, I, I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I'm. Uh, I heard it here first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which launches in two weeks? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Here's my uh, money. I I have just been peeking at stuff, but I ha- I'm not digging in yet. Okay. I I, I uh, will get into that. I need to. Right. Sure. I need to do more more research. Okay. It's All kind right, of cool. overwhelming as a new player. It really is. Yes. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you take all of this in and the previous editions and everything else, and so many people who seem to have so much knowledge about it. And I don't know how like... they. I, I don't know how some of the people on the forums even know what other people are talking about because they'll just shorten things up. Like, well, yeah, with the with the KTC being in power and blah blah blah. And I'm like, I <laughs> yeah. literally, I literally couldn't know less what you're talking about. Some of those guys, man, I interacted with them like you know 15 years ago on the old white wolf forum and then i just kind of like got out of it for you know 12 13 years or something while we did our own thing you know kind of on our side of the of the fence and then like you know i've just gotten back into the forum a little bit and it's the same people like good (laughs) gosh And, and they're like so prolific some of these people um they live this stuff but hey that's awesome good for them but uh, all right, so let's let's get into just a little bit. We'll talk about uh, how's your week in creation been going. And I know, <laughs> I know that really all three of us have the same experience this week wow, because wow. <laughs> we yeah, finally wow. re-recorded the second episode of Wild Shape. <laughs> <laughs> Our previous recording of Wild Shape, we considered a bust, and we just redid it so that it could be as good as it possibly could be uh, using some of the lessons that we talked about a couple episodes ago. Uh, we were talking about using battle groups versus doing one-on-one fights and that kind of thing. And boy, what a difference did that make? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> three hours meet three seconds. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> that was, uh, that was amazing. But yeah, I think we had a good time. Uh, definitely got some work cut out for me doing the editing on all of that, but um, <laughs> but yeah, that uh, that was definitely fun. I think we all enjoyed it. We brought the story somewhat to a close, ready now then to go into the second story, which we will be using a different storyteller. Hands up if you're the next storyteller. My hands up. <laughs> Would you have been surprised right. if it was mine? Yeah, <laughs> I was looking. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Jim's going to be the storyteller of episode two. And you guys are like, why are you guys talking about all this stuff? You haven't put anything on the air yet. Yeah, I know. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're, work- we're still working through music. We're working on uh, doing this editing. But I have got a lot of free time ahead of me this week. My family's going to be out of town for the week. I'm going to be by myself batching it. And I am going to be doing some oh, editing. <laughs> One is the loneliest. No, I don't know how that song goes. 
But yeah, so um, <laughs> I'm trying to think about the how did it go in the Lego Batman movie? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing a lot of editing, gonna get a lot of that stuff done, and uh, yeah, a lot of things gonna. Uh, man, I can't wait. They, my family does this every year, and it just like it's so awesome when you have six kids. <laughs> like you know, like you never. Ha- I, I I told somebody this week. It's like uh, the the batter. Uh, who's doing he's practicing with like 10 bats right you know so me me exercising my free time is like that you know when the kids are all here and everything is like that batter swinging the 10 bats you know and then like he gets up there to like actually hit the pitch with one bat and he just knocks it into like you know saturn well that that's essentially what happens when my family goes away for a week i I like i write like whole books you know (laughs) i write a book watch every quentin tarantino movie ever made eat like 16 uh pizzas from uh yeah because you can't watch quentin tarantino with your kids home (laughs) no i can't i can't (laughs) but like i get so much stuff done dude so i i yeah yeah you guys are gonna see wild shape pretty soon i think after uh, all that but what'd you guys think about it Did you guys have fun oh yeah oh yeah definitely yeah Yeah. so yeah we know we can't really say anything spoiler wise because the first episode is not even that (laughs) good yeah But so, we did uh, hand wave the first recording of the good. second episode. <laughs> we, we so did. <laughs> <laughs> we so did. Oh, man. All right. Well, well, hey, we, got, we had the same result, but we had a lot more time to do a lot more social stuff, yeah. which was really cool. Yes. And yeah, it, it was oh more of a story. Oh, my goodness. Some of the – man, there was some great scenes <laughs> in yeah. that episode that I wish There's I could talk one, about. The one – no, I know don't, that don't we're all it. thinking of the same one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Which, I, I can say this. You failed to give a three-night stunt to that. I know. And I know. It, it literally wowed <laughs> the entire table. I know. And it's like hindsight, it, we all see it. But uh, Yeah. And yeah. hindsight, we all think, well, gosh, why didn't I say anything? That should have been a three-night stunt. Yeah. Poor Neil got a one die stunt from that, <laughs> just because I'm like, oh baby, that's so cool, let's roll it, and I'm I'm not even thinking about like, oh he deserves a three die stunt, but yeah, he deserved like a four or five die stunt for that. That was really. Well, he's got did one not in the bank, see that coming at all. <laughs> he's got yeah, a three die stunt oh, in the this bank, is a mistake. and it uh, it's not coming from me. So you're gonna to have to give that. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll give it to him on my next, <laughs> the next one I run. No I wasn't trying to when speak I'm the for storyteller. you. I, I did tell him he had one in the bank uh, that he could use whenever he wanted to. But, uh, yeah, he can't cash that in on yours unless you let him. But um, nah. he can cash it in on my next one. That's fine. He's going to have to do something equally as cool. All right. You got a nice two two points done on that one. That was yeah, good. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. All right. So before we get right into James, <clears throat> got one more thing I want to do is we had – when we talked last week about the call – and about the different shrine cities of the call, and we were sort of making up our own, like what it would look like if we had to design it or whatever. We kind of gave the, we gave the challenge, we gave the offer. You know, if anybody wanted to send in their own version of what one of these cities would look like, please do it. And we actually had someone do it, and so I am super excited to let everyone hear Becca's idea for the Wood City. So let's go to the message machine and hear what Becca has to say about that. Hey gentlemen, since you covered most of the cities from the call with what you thought each one should look like, I thought it'd be neat to share what I imagined for the wood city. From a distance, we would see a large mountainous area completely covered in a canopy of trees. 
Inside the canopy are deep crevices formed throughout the side of the mountain, with homes built into its sides that have large roots interlacing from one side to the other and are used as streets. These crevices continue into the heart and top of the mountain, where the rock suddenly gives way to a crater with an enormous tree growing out of the center and reaching much higher than where the tip of the mountain would be. A cavern has formed underneath this large tree, holding a pool of water with a small island that hosts a small single tree. The city has a soft glow about it in the evenings. It's cool during the days, and at night the air is alive with fireflies. Some days, soft, misty clouds cling inside the crevices. The temple would be inside the tree itself, with a naturally formed hall leading into a large, hallowed out area. Man, that was great. That that is a really, really cool piece of setting there. In fact, I I would love to take some players to this place. Uh, to me, I'm I'm reminded a lot, especially with like the fireflies in the air and whatnot. I'm reminded of uh, Elvendar from the Raymond E. Feist Riff War books. It just kind of it it presents that vibe to me. I don't know if I'm remembering it from the books or if I'm remembering it from the old Sierra game uh, Betrayal at Crondor. But, uh, but yeah, that, the sort of glowing trees because of all the fireflies and whatnot, I think that's super cool. I think it's a perfect addition to the rest of the shrine cities that, you know, that, that Onyx Path has created and that we were even talking about. And I, I just more than ever, I think that making this pilgrimage through all five of these shrine cities would just be super cool. Corey, I'm going to have to comment on the way she she did a great job of yeah. describing this city. Oh, yeah. Like the... The smells and the sounds and she like hit all the senses so well. Yeah, it was really yeah. good. I mean, I was I, totally tasting fireflies there. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious! Oh man, yeah. So thank you so much, Becca, for yeah, uh, thank for you. sending in that Wood City. That is super awesome, and everyone can can use these and in, in their game. And I hope you do. Well, all right. Well, now you know we've had James sitting here just kind of waiting. And uh, we want to talk to him about all the stuff that he does with Onyx Path and with the Kickstarters and whatnot. But, James, before we get into all of that, you know, normal muggle stuff, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> we have to ask you, if you could be any Exalt type, which one would it be? Um, well, yeah, this is it's easy for me because my my introduction into the world of Exalted was through the Dragon Blooded Kickstarter. Okay. So I'm going to go Dragon Blooded <laughs> because that's <laughs> what I know. Oh, <laughs> uh, like children making right. mud pies in the slums who do not know what this is all I know. At sea. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I uh, I mean you know it, it's. I was grabbed by that first uh, the intro fiction to the book. Like I'm already in, and right. uh, and it's dragon blooded for me. And then if I was picking, I uh, you know developing further, I would probably be a fire aspect dragon. Oh, Ooh, the best. Good choice. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. I love I, the uh, fire aspect. It's well. It's if I you know I wouldn't say I was a fire aspect person in real life. I'm uh, I would be more. I'm probably more laid back than that. But uh, mm. when you play a game, it's great to have somebody who's got those passions that's uh, the person that's going to get you into trouble or into mm -hmm. the story, you know, <laughs> somebody right, who's right. Uh, 
Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say a bit of a hothead to get you in there, but somebody who was, uh, you know, the first to sign up. Of course, we'll go after the. Or <laughs> sure, right. we'll jump in the thing and then, you know, just kind of right. drags everybody along. I uh, I dig that. Yeah. Well, that's then, cool. You know, that's super cool. Because of my name, I would be a graduate of the House of Bells. I think that just goes. <laughs> yes, you would. <laughs> yeah, I think that goes without saying. Yeah, that's awesome. And if only you you could see in the uh, the Dragon Blooded book what the fire uh, armor of the Immaculate Dragon was <laughs> right. like. Oh, you didn't. Oh, did you yeah, guys not get it. that with the? <laughs> I, I thought I sent that. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Missing chapter. Oh man, man, that, yeah. What all, you you had that armor, didn't you, Jim? And yes, in I our did. Dragon Blooded game, it. and it had it had the velocity magnifier oh, engine. I yes. remember that can make you run really fast and of course it had the elemental lens in the hands to make uh shooting fire out of your hands like twice as powerful yeah, yeah. or something like that and didn't it have like it, the velocity magnifier engine also like gave you like a, a jump boost too right yeah yeah it boosted it, your athletic charms and stuff like that and right. made it easier to jump off of your uh companions when you wanted to stunt <laughs> 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 oh yeah dude oh that's that's cool yeah so Awesome, I'm fully man. embracing this so Charles can't make fun of me about doing that. <laughs> that's right. You got to get out in front of it there. Well, yeah. So, Fire Aspect of Dragon Blood, that's awesome. You're our third Dragon Blood. Welcome to the Sworn Kinship. Yeah, and, usurper. Uh, <laughs> all of you are usurpers. <laughs> all right. Well, awesome. Well, let's see. So, so just tell us then. What is your describe your current role for us with all these Kickstarters? Because we know you're the Kickstarter guru, but what all is it that you do? So I am I am like uh, I am the so once here here's my analogy. Uh, <laughs> I love it. There's a wedding. You're getting married, and there's a wedding uh, a marriage that's taking place between Kickstarter backers and okay. Onyx Path Project. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I am sort of the wedding coordinator, awesome. uh, where where you know the the um, ceremony is going to take place at Kickstarter, and the reception right. is going to take place at Backer Kit, and I'm the person that the bride and groom talk to. You know, uh, you make sure that everything's ready at the church. Make sure everything's ready at the hall. Blah blah blah. Right. You know, you go to, to check the DJ. Check the thing. I'm I'm not um, I'm not an Onyx Path employee technically. Right. Uh, I'm I'm freelance. So, uh, but I'm the guy who's there to make sure that the wedding goes smoothly. You're Jennifer awesome. Lopez. Yes, I am no. Jennifer from Lopez. the movie The Wedding Planner. The wedding planner. I think he's the guy. I think he's the guy that has to carry the bride up naked to the um, to the oh. honeymoon chamber, like in Game of Thrones, right? Wow. Well, I've I've done that with Rich uh, several times. Not Let me sure. go ahead and adjust the rating of this episode yes. and uh, drag okay. it right down. All right, we're good. This frees oh. up a whole new avenue of questions, so let's keep going. <laughs> But yeah, that's. I mean, I I call myself the uh, the Kickstarter concierge on the thing. I should right. have said crowdfunding concierge, so I don't step on copyrights or uh, trademarks. <laughs> uh, right. But right. yeah, it's it's my job to. Um, I mean, there's a couple of things that go on. It used to be that the Onyx Path team, you know, they ran their Kickstarters, and it was usually the developer of the project, which is amazing because there's the person who's going to have all the answers for you. 
you know, while right. the while the Kickstarter is running. The trick about that is at the end of the Kickstarter, you say to this developer, okay, so um, now give me the book, give me the project, whatever, and they've just spent the last 30 days doing nothing but Kickstarter. Mm-hmm, and then right. that cascades to, oh my God, I haven't even kept up with the writers. Oh, my, you know, I haven't right. kept up. I got to, I got to get back in touch with the artists. And it becomes this whole thing where, you know, let the developers develop uh, because right. it, it takes a lot of time and energy, and that's what, you know, they're awesome at, uh, and right. and spare them the the grind of the Kickstarter um, right. when when they don't. You know, don't put them through that. <laughs> and that that's such a great addition to their to, to just how they run their Kickstarters, because I know you must know a little bit of the history of their Kickstarters. But you yes. know, the first exalted Kickstarter uh, had a little bit of uh, of a rocky road. There. Well, I think. I, yes. And uh, <laughs> I think, I, you know, I think that was sort of um, the path that led to me eventually getting brought on. Uh, right. was was not only, you know, um, having... It gets tricky because the other thing about having the developer run the Kickstarter is, you know, if somebody comes on the comments and says, well, I think that part is stupid, I say, well, I don't know. You right. know, no skin off my <laughs> nose. I didn't write it. Right. I think it's yeah. cool. But if you're the developer, and, and not that there's been a lot of that at all, but right. there probably has been in previous, I know... Uh, oh, sure. If you're the developer and, you know, your first thing you do is wake up in the morning and check the comments and it's like, uh, everything you said here was stupid. Well, that's a yeah. rough that's a rough way to start the day. And then you, it puts you on the defensive and then everything becomes yeah. a drag. Right. And then by the time the Kickstarter's done, you're like, I don't want to work on this project anymore. Um, don't play Pathfinder, you ungrateful creep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, Pour I think it... Soul into this. <laughs> well, and the thing about the thing I've learned about Exalted, I mean, it's um, you know, you talked about this a, a little bit earlier. When there's a lot of there's a lot of baggage that comes with it because it's a game that you you have to invest in, you know, not just not right. just your Kickstarter dollars, but your time. It's not it's not coin of the realm like Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder where you hey, did you see Lord of the Rings? Yeah, okay, you're up to speed. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. you you want to understand built for you either. Yeah, yeah. You want to understand Exalted. Well, you know, it it pays dividends the more you invest in it. But uh, because of that, um, it, you know, it also has fans that have invested in it. And then the first Kickstarter, you know, was in a, a different era. The company was still pretty new. Uh, Onyx yeah. Path was still... And, and honestly the ownership of Exalted was different than it is now, too. So it, right. it's a whole different, you know, not only were the developers different and the company was different, uh, the it was owned by a different company. Right. And yeah. uh, it was huge. Uh, and obviously you get a percentage of people that, that um, you know, were unhappy, and there's always a percentage that are vocal. And when you right. have, I don't remember, 6,000 people that backed it or whatever crazy giant number it was, you know, if you have ten people that are angry and uh, are going to really flood that comment stream, absolutely, and and yeah. you know sometimes um, jump on other projects that aren't related, and mm-hmm. and if you're a developer that has been saddled with cleaning up the mess and running a Kickstarter for something else, and two people come on and say you guys are jerks because you still haven't taken care of this, and uh, 
you, you know, it, that's just not good for anybody. So here I come in. I'm, you know, goofy third party, uh, no skin in the game, <laughs> no, or and yeah. just you know whatever. Call me an idiot. I've been that's skin off, you no know, rolls right off my back or right. Figure out an expression that makes sense there. Uh, <laughs> the skin just rolls the off skin your just back. rolls off my back. <laughs> I saw I saw a German exchange student do that one time at a pool party. There you Tried go. to dive off the diving board and Whoops. it just scraped it right off. It but uh, you know, like I how you doing, be... Timo? <laughs> it burns. Um, and then and the, the other adjusted again. Done. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the other aspect of it is I, I'm also you know it's um it's it's easy to be the the person outside that comes in because I'm, um, I'm not, I, I can see the details that maybe they live with it. You know, they live with this, they, a lot of this stuff, honestly, it's the Kickstarter is a step in the, the process, but it's a step that right. comes in sometimes after three or four years. Right. So this is a lot of times this is stuff they've lived with for a long time and there's, uh, exhaustion or um, you know you're almost speaking another language by the time you get there so I'm right. I'm a person that comes in and says I know nothing and let me translate you know let me translate these <laughs> 6,000 words you've written in this one subject to these people let me take your right. 800 pages and kind of uh, present that in a way so uh, so yeah. yeah I'm sort of a, a middle person that lives in the world between the backers and Onyx Path and frees everybody up to do um, what they should be doing and to interact uh, as best possible. What a genius idea that yeah. was. It's, and, yeah. Yeah, I'm And you I'm do such happy. a good job at it, too. I, I, I just really, really enjoyed your interaction with everybody in the comment thread and then also just kind of with each new update, you know, really kind of banging the symbol, you know, all right, guys, this is, you know, and, and I, I thought it was a party. Dude, I kept coming back over and over again. You know, I started out, oh, I'm just going to do $30 for the PDF. Oh, <laughs> man, I really want that. But, oh, now I'm at $350. Yeah. Now, I'm at four, now I'm at 450 you know. <clears throat> and and looking for new ways to spend more too. I mean, just <laughs> you know, the, the sad so, thing is, I'm I was the same. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm back in this Kickstarter, and and I I got the good fortune of you know I I was able to post the manuscript previews, and that's something else I'll talk about in a second. But uh, you know, I could post the manuscript preview, so I was kind of reading along with the game, and it's cool. And yeah, I'm in for a PDF. This is awesome. And then. You know, I you right. say I you know bang the drum and get everybody caught up. This exact same thing happened to me, and I'm on there going, "Well, it's dragging." But well, and then as soon as the Exalted Core book came available, it was like, oh, yeah. "James, you got to go all in." Yeah, uh, that okay, was yeah. I wasn't yeah. even going to back it at all. I know, <laughs> I know. And now I've got to find a place for maps and stuff on my yeah. wall. And... Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm and already then, looking around. We've got some like old paint or old paintings that we bought at like uh, the Goodwill or whatever. Yep. And I'm like, "Yep, I'm going to strip those ugly old paintings of flowers like right out of that frame and that would be perfect for one of these maps well, and then we go back well, to Goodwill and get absolutely. Absolutely. We're in stores. Let me adjust the rating again and done. Okay. <laughs> I just had to make sure I wasn't the only deliberative podcast host that didn't have his name in the book. <laughs> that's right. right. That's right. Because uh, Charles, Charles, and I, our names are on the same page of the uh, original yeah. core book. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 So it's like I, I, you're 
does it go by first name? Yeah, it does. So yours is like a little higher in the page, and mine's a little lower down. But we're on the same page. I think we're in the same column, even. But uh, yeah, so well, we're totally, moving up, though. Yeah, I I completely missed the Kickstarter for the first one. Yeah. Uh, so I'm you know, not alone. When, yes. Yeah. Well, I knew I knew what it was going on, but I was I was you know um, not in the exalted world, and right. uh, oh, I definitely knew what was going on. Well, it was. I mean, it was. Yeah. <laughs> he just he just skipped it. Yeah. But Corey uh, and told then, me every day. Well, it was it was. Uh, I mean, I had kickstarted some projects back then. Not. Uh, I had backed some projects, I should say, uh, yeah. and then you see that that was just a uh, steamroller that yeah. went through, and you're like, oh, oh my goodness, like how how much more money can they do? Lots more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the answer is an insane the, um, yeah, amount crazy. more. <laughs> yeah, the I mean, and and the other thing, uh, you know, it, from the first Exalted Kickstarter to Dragon Blooded, in addition to adding me, I think. Uh, you know, the Onyx Path team has sort of been, um, you know, there's a lot of lessons learned, obviously, and there's a lot of, of internally they created some structure. And they've also changed the way they've done their Kickstarters to the right. point where, it, you know, having having the manuscript written before you That's go huge. to the Kickstarter yes. process, uh, you know, and it's still it's still stuff that, um, you know, it's all developed, but still there's probably an editing pass. I know there's that, you know, in the Dragon Blooded, there were a couple things where it's like, well, this reference is something that got changed by the time. Right. But, you know, it's 95% there. Whereas, right. you know, previous Kickstarters, um, especially when Kickstarter first started and Onyx Path was first launching, there was a lot of things where this is the project we want to do. And then... Uh, you know, I don't think they expected the first. I don't know for a fact, but I don't think they expected the first exalted Kickstarter to do what it did. Like I think yeah. it was, uh, you know, is a boulder, and and Onyx Path was Indiana Jones just running as fast as they could to keep ahead of it, right. and then it right. suddenly. Uh, you know, oh, we've got to write this book, and it's six times the size that we thought it was going to be, and it's massive. Right. So, yeah. you know, they, there was a lot of changes and a lot of restructuring, and it became, um, let's make sure that we don't get in that position again. And then the, the right. benefit I get is, you know, I get to come in like a chump at the end and go, hey, guys, and, you know, they've already fixed all the problems. They've got the manuscript done. They've figured out how to deliver on all these things they, they're working on, and I get to come in and look awesome. That's right. I can be your hero, baby. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, the James guy is really on top of the Kickstarter. Yeah. Well, not really. They, they figured really this all this out thing before. Figured out. <laughs> yeah. But it was, yeah. uh, you know, when I was brought on, um, it, it was we're going to do. We did. Uh, th I did three Kickstarters with Onyx Path before Exalted, and it was pretty clearly, you know, let's ramp them up. <laughs> let's mm -hmm. let's get James prepared. So right. uh, when this exalted one goes, because they they didn't know how it was going to go, right? Um, they didn't know, and and just to make sure I had my sea legs under me before uh, before we set sail. So right. so I appreciate them doing that as well. And what three what three games were those? Uh, the no, first I was one just I did. Ask that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, There's sorry, all no, it's, it's all good. It's all good. So <laughs> the, the first project, <laughs> the first project I worked on with them was uh, Cavaliers of Mars, which okay. was uh, Rose mm. Bailey's. Um, yeah, Rose's thing. Yeah, Rich calls it a, a like a jewel box game. It's it was mm -hmm. uh, it's a 
I, I mean, you know, I, as always with everyone I've run, I read it and go, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing. Uh, right. I, yes. So I fall in love with projects very easily. Um, but it was it was a small project and, and personal and something, uh, again, that, you know, you can look back at posts online 10 years ago and you know, here she is, I'm kicking around this idea, and then to be part of that 10 years later where here it is. Right, uh, super cool. And, and But tiny little project, and then the next one they did, uh, they did a second edition of Changeling the Lost, mm-hmm. part of their yeah, Chronicles yeah. of Darkness line, so, and then My the next... My favorite one, by the way. Well, the mine Chronicles. too. Yeah. Because, again, it it's, the only, it's the only thing I know. <laughs> Right, uh, and uh, you know you learn a little bit more in that, and then the next one they did was Trinity, uh, Trinity Continuum, mm. which is a, yes. a game line that is owned by Onyx Path. So there's a little more right. invested in it from them because it's not just a, a licensed project; it's something that you know is a building right. block for their ongoing uh, projects and future and success. And then and you know uh, we we talked about three hole punches before and a binder. Yep. And the original Ion Trinity game, which then later got changed to Trinity. Trinity, yeah, because of um, uh, and <laughs> Ion Flex. I had, yeah, right. And I had the uh, I had that original uh, three ring binder. You know, that was the way that they produced it. It yeah. was in a three ring binder, and my copy had the sticker on the cover that covered up Ion Trinity with right. the name Trinity because they, I guess they had produced a bunch of them and they had to go put the sticker on it. I think they, I think they had produced the game and it was, you know, the first 200 had landed out at distribution when the right. letter came from Paramount. Yeah. And said, uh, and that was, that was another one of those games that when it came out, I tried to sell my gaming group on it, you know, like guys, this game is awesome. It's like, it's like vampire, the masquerade, you know, like the Tremere have all these different disciplines that give them all these magical powers. But in this game, it's like in space and you're not a vampire. And like, you get these dots and these powers that give you the ability to like bend fire and shoot water and like elemental powers. And I'm like, come on, this is great. And I don't remember I any could, of this. Yeah. This was not. blocked to it right out. I did try to sell folks on it. Nobody wanted to go. So it just it kind of sat there, just like Exalted First Edition did. You know, I get all these games, and I'm like, guys, guys. And, you know, just couldn't sell folks on it. So Exalted, you know, I think Exalted, I was, I was going to say this before when you were talking about how big that first uh, Kickstarter was for Exalted Third Edition, but, like, Exalted is this game that has been like a, a snowball rolling downhill, mm-hmm. picking up steam. Right. It started as this like beautiful, beautiful, perfect game that was so cool and so different, but it was so different, no one really like understood it, mm-hmm. you know? Because like, like you said, you can just tell people, oh, it's just like Lord of the Rings when you're playing D&D, but with like, Exalted, it's like, well, you got to read some of the Bible, and you got to read some of the Three Kingdoms, <laughs> the Romance of the Three Kingdoms, and you got to, you know... How like, familiar there, are all you with Gilgamesh? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's all of these like strange things that go to make up its setting, and, uh, and it's just so different that people don't go for it. And then when the second edition came out, with all of this like perfect organization of the publishing, the five books of five and all that kind of stuff. And then the White Wolf at the time, they did this amazing uh, uh, sort of like promotion where they said, upgrade your game and you could trade in your uh, D&D wow. 3.5 oh, edition right, right. book and like get a free copy of the really? Exalted Second. Oh, oh yeah. Man. 
Oh, it's so cool, man. Uh, actually, I think if, I think there's still probably a message on our uh, deepwild.com from that like that many years on? ago. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. but I think <laughs> I think if it. you drill back in the uh, general general discussion forum, you can go back to when I or maybe the announcements forum. You can go back to when I said, "Hey guys, you can trade in your D and D book for an exalted second. Like I think it's on the board. But uh, anyway, yeah. So I mean, and 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 I feel like with exalted third, like the time was just right. That finally, you know, this thing has been picking up fans along the way, and people have really started getting into it. And and I'm and I'm so glad that it was like the biggest, you know, RPG uh, on Kickstarter ever. But at the same time, I'm sad that these books aren't in bookstores. Yeah. Because people need this game. Like I hear people all the time, like, "Yeah, man, I play a little bit of D and D, and I play a little bit of this," and I'm like, <laughs> "Be exalted! Like it's so much better. You will never go back." Like. <laughs> and uh, and so yeah, but it's got to get the word out, man. We got to, and you know, that's part of the reason why we do this podcast. We want people to know what Exalted is. I remember those days when I would just be uh, like walking through like media play, which doesn't exist anymore, and yeah. and like places like that, just going to the role playing section and just looking yes. at all the books, <laughs> grabbing a couple, sitting down in the chair. Oh, yeah. Oh, and they're yeah. like, hey, man, you need to buy something. I'm like, nah, I'm just going to finish this book. <laughs> You've been here for They never had hours. to say that to me. They never had to tell me that because they're like, yeah, this guy bought half our inventory. So just go ahead and let him read it. You but know? like you said, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, I've got one of those Ikea 4x4 four four shelves full of RPG books. And, right. and like you said, every one you get and you're like, okay, I've got a great idea for a campaign. Guys, do you, no. Well, I'll yeah. put that on the shelf of Broken Dreams. Yeah. And then you know, oh, I have so many yeah. books. Of the next one comes <laughs> with uh, yeah, and then but then when you if you get into Exalted, that's that's where you say, okay, I've made my choice. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's it's um, it, you know, partially because it covers so many different. There's so many different ways to play it that you yeah, could handle oh, a lot of that. But but it just becomes it, either you're gonna invest yourself in these forty other games that you maybe play one or two or you get exalted because it's there's that much you know background information uh, options ways to play that it might as well replace those and then you know that's when you end up with six thousand people (laughs) backing that (laughs) you know it's funny that you say that because i backed dragon blooded it's such a high level that i had to promise my wife Look, I'm only going to play Exalted, yes. and I'm only going to play Hunter and Delta Green. That's it. Like, three games, fantasy and horror. I will not buy any other RPGs again. This is podcast <laughs> research, so it's a tax yeah. write-off for yes. uh, business. Well, the joy I have now uh, is you pledge your amount, and then what you guys don't see is when it gets converted to Canadian dollars and charged to you. And Ooh. watch the number skyrocket. Oh, ouch. <laughs> so ouch. my wife says, how much did you pledge on that? And I'm like, oh, it's like $600. Oh, oh my God. Of course, that's uh, US. Charles, <laughs> yeah. Charles, didn't you have an experience with that on eBay? Like, didn't you um, buy a book that was in pounds? Oh, yeah. yeah you, were, you know what book it was? <laughs> it, it was, was the, the Exalted, Exalted Second Edition, Second Edition Core. Core. Yeah. 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 That's right. And I was like, man, this person is selling it for like... Kind of a good price, yeah. And I, I buy still it. remember. Yeah, I still it remember when you told us that too, because Sterling. I was like, I just paid like sixty dollars for this book. 
Well, that, it becomes, you know, where I'm I'm watching daily the exchange rate because I know that, you know, this $600 that I pledged is going to turn into 800 by the time it hits my credit card. And I'm like, right. if it could just hit, I need it to process right away. Don't wait till yeah. Friday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. Oh, man. Yeah, well, you know, if Trump would quit, quit putting them tariffs yeah, I on know, the I know. <laughs> just, just give us the milk and you'll get the book. <laughs> Oh, that's right. But yeah, Charles, when you first put that, uh, when you first put a post on our board about that that uh, transaction on eBay, <laughs> the subject line was "Some random dude screwed me on eBay." <laughs> and oh my gosh, we made fun of you so bad. Normally that would be Craigslist, but oh man, <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. I forgot all about that. Yeah, Dude, I was very like, surprised. We railed you for like so long over that post. <laughs> but not like the guy on eBay did. Am I right? Oh, my gosh. I do oh have to gosh. say that the copy that I got was like brand new. It was really, it was, they took really good care of it. Well, that's good. That's it wasn't good. worth whoever, the money I paid for it, but whoever got mine that bought it on eBay or on uh, Amazon Marketplace, they got a really good. That's copy like when too, you so. buy. The, remember when you buy a cassette tape for one song and you like tried to make yourself like the other eleven oh, songs yeah. on there? I actually missed that. By the way, <laughs> this whole like picking one track and playing it on Apple Music or whatever. Like, I want to hear albums. So, <laughs> anywho. But that's neither here or there. So, so James, how did you end up getting wrangled into all this? You, you know, how did, how you, did you start out? Okay, you want the? How much time have we got in the podcast? It was World <laughs> War II. My grandparents. Oh, no, no. Um, you know, like uh, like a ton of people, I uh, will go back. I, I'll. I promise, I'll be quick with the the childhood of role playing. So you know, when you're 12 and you start playing Dungeons and Dragons. And then, uh, so all through the 80s, uh, you know, I, I'm a little bit older than you guys. Okay. Uh, but I have way less kids, so probably gray hair, <laughs> not as bad. It evens out pretty good. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mine's, my hair is all gray right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you still have hair. That's the impressive part. Um, but true, it, true. You, you know, like you, you start playing D&D. So all through, um, you know, middle school and high school, which for me was the the 1980s. Uh, I played, uh, you know, every game that you could get your hand on, and we played, you know, you start with Dungeons and Dragons because it's coin of the realm, but superhero games and and spy games and everything, just crazy. Mm. And uh, and f- so my 1980s was pretty much uh, role playing games and music, and I was probably one of those kids that, um, uh, you know, if I had been. Uh, a, if there had been a little more darkness, I would have been a little goth boy. But uh, <laughs> I was like, I was like the the regular kid with all the goth kids, so that you know right. all their their parents. Would, James is such a nice boy. As I came over, because I was the one without the eyeshadow, and so <laughs> hang out with him, and we understand him, and you know I put a good face on things. So um, when I graduated high school, I went away to. Uh, uh, University, as we would say in Canada, um, right. and uh, and stop playing, which is the funny thing because that's the opposite. That, yeah. Well, well I, it's it's we you know I moved away and I ended up I worked every weekend to put myself through school and there you know the time and then the rest of the time you know you spend doing schoolwork and stuff, but uh, 
uh, we tried to play D&D once and it just fell apart. And I said, well, I, I got too many other things to do. And which is unfortunate because that's the exact moment that Vampire came out. And that would have been mm. like, you know, me with all my little trench coat friends role playing right. in music. It would have been like, well, here's Vampire. Oh, my goodness. Like it was written <laughs> for us. So I totally missed that. Totally wow. missed that. Uh, and then didn't play, you know, and, and you you graduate and you get jobs and you get married and, you know, the cycle of life goes on. So in 1999, I promise the story is all going somewhere. <laughs> in 1999, uh, you know, I got a call from old friends and they're like, you know, it's Halloween and we should play a Dungeons and Dragons game or something. We should get, because we haven't played in 10 years. And yeah, yeah. And then we all got together That's and we depressing. played D&D oh, one night. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was it was one of those, uh, you know, I've got one friend who's who gets very nostalgic as the holidays start coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, remember when we were, you know, 15? And Yes, yes. So we all got together, right. and we, we played a game. And then, you know, as we looked around the room, there was, um, you know, the guy who wrote the adventure, and he's also an artist, and, and you know, drew all the little, uh, it was like Tomb of Horrors where you have pictures of here's what the room looks like. And, and then your other friend, is a, he runs a digital printing thing, and, you know, you're like, hey, guys, we could publish this. And then you, but is that even legal? And then the next day, I because I you start thinking back to 1980s when there was all these uh, you know ads in the back of Dragon magazine where some guy would create his own world and again to your right. three ring binder, you know, publish it and sell it in a three ring right. binder for four dollars. Oh, Miss Dragon Magazine. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yes, and, don't we all? And that's right when, uh, as we started, you know, and it, again, it was also the. Wouldn't it be cool to hang out again together? And boy, right. you know, because you then you hit that part where you're you all have houses and stuff, and now you can have yeah. people over. Exactly. Uh, and then that's right when um, Wizards of the Coast bought Dungeons and Dragons and announced that they were going to do the OGL for third edition. And if you wanted to be a publisher, you could be. Yeah. And so we said, yeah. hey, we could do that. Uh, so we did, and uh, we were part of that D20 boom. So here's That's what cool. happens in the D20 boom. Uh, Sword and Sorcery gets created, which is a, uh, a division within White Wolf, right? where they say, if people are going to be making money off role-playing games, we might as well make money off role-playing games. <laughs> right. And, Seems uh, solid. Yeah, and then they uh, publish a book right away that, that does huge because they put out a monster manual before the monster yes. manual came out, I remember. Really? Yeah. Yes, they they wow. put out uh, that gray sword and sorcery yeah. book. Yeah, yeah. The, the creature yeah. collection. So, yeah. so in two thousand, the player's handbook came out in August, and then the dungeon master guide came out in September, and then the monster manual was coming out the first week of November, and sword and sorcery through White Wolf published the creature collection in October. So that was the mm-hmm. first monster book that was available for D&D 3rd edition. And they sold wow. piles. I bet. And wow. and it was and they, you know, it was it honestly it was the kind of thing that was um if, if like I said, if they said if people are going to make money, we might as well make money. And what do you do in this right. weekend? Everybody's writing three monsters. And they hammered, they just hammered it. And, you you know, you flip through and there's, you can see everybody, like anybody who can draw, you're drawing a monster. Anybody who can, <laughs> you're writing a monster. And then, 
Stuart, uh, Stuart Wick, who was one of the founders of White Wolf, was he's right. busy writing backgrounds and creating a world and, and hammering this thing out. So what happened was they had huge success. And then they said, hey, I, there's got to be a way to keep doing this and having lots of money come in. Um, and so they went out and recruited a couple little design studios that were creating ah. D20 material. And that's when I got the phone call from uh, cool. from Steve Wick, uh, uh, Stuart's brother, and you know one of the guys that started White Wolf. And he said, do you want in on this? And I said, yes, please. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, Gen Con 2001, we had published three of our own adventures. And Gen Con 2001 uh, was the first time that we had something released under Sword and Sorcery, put out by White Wolf. And, um, you know, we're, we're there. We show up like idiots. We're, okay, is our book for sale here? What's going on? Are we supposed to run the booth? We have no idea. And, uh, <laughs> and that's where I met, you know, Steve. And this, he said, this is, you know, this is Rich Thomas. He's our art director and everything. And, you know, Rich and I hit it off like... Um, peas and carrots, or uh, I can't think, you know, <laughs> dogs and dogs. Uh, spaghetti and meatballs. And spaghetti and meatballs. It was just, uh, you know, a match made in heaven. Charles and dudes on <laughs> eBay. Exactly. <laughs> that was unrequited love, and we all know it. So it was, it was just, it came out, it came out of that just suddenly you know, sword and sorcery exploding and them needing content and us having written, proving that we could write a few things because there were a ton of people who decided they could be publishers. And, you know, the bar had been lowered to such a point that you could be. Um, But we actually produced three books and got them into distribution. And, uh, and so they were, you know, reasonably impressed enough. And, and we said, this is what we want to do. And they said, we don't care. We'll just slap our logo on it. <laughs> we're just, hey, this is making money. Let's go. Um, and it's funny because at that, so the first time that I met those guys, um, like I said, it was at, at Gen Con back when it was in uh, Milwaukee. And, um, you know, we're selling this stuff. And as the convention wrapped up and we sold the first two releases through our Sword and Sorcery imprint, the company was called Fiery Dragon. And then Steve says, hey, is there anything you want as we're, you know, they're packing up the booth. And this becomes the end of Gen Con uh, as they close down becomes how do we get rid of stuff so we don't have to ship it back. So this is where you see all the publishers running around saying, I've got this to trade. I've got this to trade. Uh, So Steve says to me, do you want anything? And I look over and their new book that just came out was Exalted, first edition. Oh, wow. And I'm like, yeah, I want that. I want, he's like, oh, yeah, that's our new book, Exalted. It's a whole new thing. And I'm like, great, give it to me. So there, that was my introduction to Exalted. That's sweet. Uh, and then, of course, I brought it home. And much like you, I said, hey, this, is, this is different. This is neat. And everybody said, well, everything we do now has to go into our company. So all we can play is D&D because that's what we're writing. And right. so then Exalted got put on the shelf and in the, yeah. the giant shelf of Broken Dreams. Oh, right. And uh, And it became, you know, for a couple of years that – that you end up not playing for fun because you have stuff to crank out and, you know, you're writing adventures. And, again, right. nobody, you know, nobody in the industry works full-time, so this is a job you – this is a business that's run on nights and weekends. And, yeah, uh, right. you know, it's not like you have time to play a regular Exalted game and then write for 16 hours. You know, your kids can't go sure. away on vacation every week. 
So, uh, <laughs> but boy, how we wish they could. Yeah, we wish they could. But uh, uh, so that was that was rich, and so it was. We were kind of the. Um, and then the sword and sorcery, the, the D20 thing, you know, went as fast as it came. And uh, right. and our yeah, company, uh, you know, I, it's funny because I think there was a, an announcement uh, or um, Ian Watson on their social media, on the Onyx Pass social media, put up a thing uh, a while ago, a couple months ago about, you know, this is the day 18 years ago where Fiery Dragon announced a relationship with the Sword and Sorcery imprint. And it was like, yeah, that lasted about six months. <laughs> you know, it was just, right. <laughs> it was just uh, we put out stuff and then it's like, well, the booms happened. We're all done. Okay, all on right. your way, guys. Uh, but we stayed friends. And, uh, you know, once a year we would all get together at, at these uh, at Gen Con events. Or, and uh, over the years we just kept in touch. And so last year... Um, at Gen Con, I was out for lunch uh, with Rich. Actually, I was out for lunch with a with a friend of mine, uh, Claudio Pozas, who's an artist who does a lot of stuff, and he's just done stuff for uh, the um, Pugmire card game they just did, Fetch Quest, and he's done oh, stuff yeah, for Fetch Trinity. Cool. And uh, and so he said, "Oh, Rich, uh, Rich Thomas is coming out for lunch with us," and I'm like, "You know, awesome! I love Rich." So yeah. we came out, and it was one of those things. So. Uh, my year up until that point, uh, I've been in retail. I've been in retail management for the last 15 years. And that's uh, that's an easy way to find yourself always looking for work because <laughs> because retail is, uh, is not a long-term solution for employment. Right. Uh, and uh, as you just talked about, you know, uh, you want to listen to um, albums, but most people are buying single songs. Well, I happen right. to work for a specialty retailer that sold um, CDs and DVDs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I managed to keep it going for as long as humanly possible. Uh, but uh, we had folded up at the beginning of the year. So uh, I went out for lunch with Rich, and he said, how are you doing? And I said, uh, you know what, I'm, I'm enjoying my year off, but I'm going to have to start looking for a job. And what I really don't want is a commute. You know, I've, I've been driving into work and commuting for an hour each way, and uh, I have to come home in the summers and introduce myself to the kids. By the way, guys, <laughs> guys I'm your dad. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just I, I would like to spend uh, – the only good thing about it is uh, I did listen to a lot of podcasts. So it's, it is nice uh, yes. to have that time. It's the uh, one good thing about a commute. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I, we actually, we did a podcast for th- about three years. Um, so, oh, cool. you know, it was fun to, what was that? Uh, it was called nerd tangent. It was, uh, nerd huh. yeah, it was, uh, you know, three guys talking about nerdy stuff, but not nearly as focused as yours. So it was a lot. Right. Imagine is that more still rambling. available? Uh, is I it still prob- out there? probably up there somewhere. But it okay. becomes, it does become, uh, it's tricky. Oh, you guys know that. It's a, it's a tricky thing when, uh, you know, all those years you could have been playing Exalted. Well, if we're going to get together, we've got to record an episode of the podcast. And, right. Uh, so I was out for lunch with Rich saying, you know, I, I have to start figuring out what my next steps would be. I was enjoying my year off. You know, it was one of those things that not unexpected. Like I said, selling CDs and DVDs it, when we stopped, when we stopped uh, being in business was not a shock to me. Um, the shock right. was how long we managed to keep it going, but, uh, uh, you know, it was one of those things and rich at that exact moment was trying to figure out what to do with the Kickstarters because, uh, Rose, who was kind of his, um, 
second in command for right. that a lot of that stuff had come to she him and was said like really the only the only employee other than yeah, him for a while pretty much like um, yeah. uh, had said i'm i'm exhausted from running those and and i don't want to do them anymore and mm-hmm. i think you know subsequently has it has gone her own way and mm-hmm. reduced her participation with I, I think everything's they're all still friends and everybody's still good but she was tired of that grind and wanted to work right. on her own stuff and didn't want to do the kickstarters so here we have a lunch where rich is saying so what have you been up to and i'm like i don't know i gotta find a job and i said i, I want something ideally that i could work from home and be more of a project manager type thing and he said yeah i'm trying to find somebody to run kickstarters and then there's just that moment of wait a minute (laughs) if i speak too fast i won't i hope you find that guy see you later (laughs) good luck uh and he said do you what do you know about kickstarter and i said well i've backed 90 projects and i know it takes a lot of my money and uh And so uh, we shook hands, and that's uh, and that's the long story of how uh, I got to be uh, working with Onyx Path on Kickstarter. It was well, that is so cool. It was, uh, what a journey through uh, geekdom. Yeah, well, it was a lot was. Of right yeah. place, right time, and and like yeah. I said, um, you know, Rich and I, I've known him for uh, eighteen years, seventeen years, and yeah. there was ironically as. You know, they've Onyx Path has recently acquired the rights to Scardlands and is putting that out. Um, yeah. Well, I had the rights to Scardlands for fourth edition D and D, and oh, wow. uh, we put wow. out one book. <laughs> uh, it did not do well, but it was uh, it was the kind of thing where you know we uh, we need. To, hey, Rich, do you still have art? Can you draw stuff for it? So. You know, we had worked together on a couple projects over the years just right. as friends, and uh, which is, a, you know, it is a tricky thing when you work with friends, but it all worked out, and uh, I think it set the stage for when we both happened to be in the right place that that we could work together. So awesome, man. Cool. That's really neat. Yeah, I had no idea that you had that kind of history with all of this stuff and well, with all these people. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a kind of thing. It's a kind of interesting thing because we were a, a dinky little company that, like, Fiery Dragon was a, a, a hobby business where I think we made money in two thousand, and then um, you know this was right at the beginning of the D twenty boom, and then there was a company that was distributing all these little D twenty guys, and the guy took the money and ran. So, uh, so uh. you know, that was our year where we, oh, my goodness, we're going to make some money. And then we were uh, in the red for the next uh, eight years or 10 or 12 years or whatever. Oh, so it wow. became the, the hobby business where if we don't put something out, the bank is going to call, <laughs> right. which is pretty much the RPG industry. I think they, that old joke is, you know, how do you, how, if you want to have a million dollars in the RPG industry is first you start with four million. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, exactly. So it, you know, it was one of those things that um, you know we were never a big company. We never did huge, but we we met a lot of people that we just really gelled with and uh, made some good friends. And it was it was funny because, like I said, I missed the whole vampire white wolf thing. You know, I, right. I, I just missed that. And by the time I met up with Steve, I wasn't that same uh, 
dorky goth kid that I was, you know, 11 years earlier. And uh, all I knew, like, the first time I met the Wick brothers, it was like, well, these, I'm sure these are guys that are going to show up, like, in trench coats with (laughs) the katanas under their coat. (laughs) And they're going to be like, darkness, we only meet at midnight. And, uh, (laughs) and I expected that I, and then, you know, you meet them and they're just totally, oh, they're they're just regular people. I mean, White Wolf, there was a lot of craziness with that White Wolf group, but, uh, Mm But and I think part of the I think part of the reason that we got along also was we were outside all that, so we didn't we didn't live through all those adventures with them and just came with no baggage and let's just hang out and have fun. And That's then we're cool. Canadian, so there's a certain fascination about. Right. <laughs> are, how do, how do the do the books not get wet in your igloos and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. And like, oh, I didn't think Canadians were real people. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we just oh, got yeah, you're Canadian, and I'm a leprechaun. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, Canadians are real. You know that, right? Yeah. There's a. We're north north. There's that's the ninth secret ninth direction. <laughs> Beyond the pole of air, yes. But it's uh, it's it's been the great. land of maple syrup <laughs> exactly. and brats. <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's um, I mean it's worked at Rich. Uh, you know the the he said, look, we'll come on and you can do. He said, this is what I'm planning on doing was Cavaliers and Changeling and Trinity. And I said, great, I'm I'm down. He goes, okay, well, let's let's see how it goes. And then it was um, after Trinity Continuum finished. And then, you know, you read the Monday meeting notes every week that he sends out where it's like, here's what's going on with Onyx Path. Right. And then it was the, um, it was funny because it said, and our next Kickstarter is exalted. So James will be firing up the engines to plan that out. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I, I guess the next one I'm doing is exalted. <laughs> it's fun because there's a lot of things I find out that way but uh uh, it's been awesome well awesome that's so cool man well hey uh speaking about the exalted kickstarters and whatnot of all so so if we end up with all of the various exalt types getting their own kickstarter with their own deluxe book and and i like beyond hope like it needs to happen okay i don't even want to say i hope it happens like it needs to happen or there will be a hell to pay. But, um, <laughs> are we you will design it and we will aim powers? it. <laughs> yes, the Eclipse class powers will, will lock in here. bind him to the oath. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so if all of the various Exalt types end up getting their own Kickstarter, then, you know, do you, do you know enough about Exalted to have, like, a, an idea of which one you would be most looking forward I, to emceeing? I, I don't. So, so like I said, I you know I got the Exalted First Edition, and then I right. put that on my shelf of Broken Dreams, and I haven't really looked at it in my goodness, it's it's eighteen years ago or seventeen right. years ago. So up until you know, uh, I knew that um, you know that Exalted was coming. I knew there was a Dragon Blooded Kickstarter that was going to happen. I knew that Rich was like. I got to get you ready for it. You know, whenever they talk about the Kickstarter coming, and it was like, and then hopefully by then you'll be ready for Exalted. And it was like, how frightening is this going to be? <laughs> Epically frightening. And, and then, yeah, exactly. And then I was, I was on board for okay. Well, I, you know, I started reading the manuscript. And I'm like, well, I'll, I'll jump in on the PDF for this. Right. And then because, you know, I'm, I'm not. 
I like the digital world. I like the convenience of PDF, and I read stuff on my iPad. But I, like I said, I have this bookshelf, and I just got to keep filling it. Because yep. then, yeah. then my life will be whole. Yeah. I just keep putting I can't create order into the world, so I'll just keep organizing everything on this bookshelf. Uh, there you go. And I didn't have, I didn't, wasn't part of the Kickstarter for the first Exalted Core book. So I was like, you know, I'll get the PDF, and that's cool. And then uh, Matt at Onyx Path said, I've, we've got 150. This is like there's two boxes or three boxes of whatever. There's 150, so we can put them on the what Kickstarter. What a good day that was. Yeah. What a good day It absolutely that was. was. And then, you know, you see them, and then 30 are gone, and then 40 are claimed, and I'm like, uh, I can feel the pull. And then, you know, the exact same way that I'm like, come on, guys, don't forget to tell everybody about the Kickstarter. And then everybody's like, hey, James, you should uh, – she get the core book and and then yes yes I should and so now once uh, once I I'm sure when Dragon Blooded is finally printed and they ship those out I'll uh, I'll be emerging emerging myself emerging what's how come I can't talk now uh, I'll be uh, diving right into the world of Exalted actually I it's I don't even have the PDF of the core book so uh, oh wow but that's part of the backer rewards. And um, yeah. it will be going out like when this podcast goes up. So oh, I awesome. will I will get the what? PDF finally. <laughs> so cool of the yes and, of the exalted. So you haven't you haven't read third edition? No. So I was oh, reading along with man. the uh, the dragon blooded thing, and you know there's stuff you understand because it's right. here's all the settings and stuff, and then there's a lot of like in the core book, but and I'm like I don't understand what this means. Oh man, so, it is so good. Yeah, I, I'm, I just, I'm excited for you to be able to read it for the first time. I, <laughs> well, I remember honest, when I was like, reading it. Your um, your podcast has helped me wrap my head around a lot of the stuff because oh, it, cool. you know. Well, when you come when you come at Exalted, if you start thinking Dungeons and Dragons, if you start thinking fantasy, and then you're, you're you know you start at the base level and you go, okay, well I'm coming at it as a fantasy game through D and you're, I don't know that you're fully going to understand it. And for me, just looking at first edition all those years ago, I was like, well, it's kind of an anime game, which isn't really true either. Um, <laughs> right. But looking at third edition, so then you start to piece things together that, okay, there's a little bit of black company in here. And then, you know, now I'm watching, there's shows like uh, Into the Badlands, you know, where, where Ooh, that's Journey, yes. oh, yeah. Journey to the West kind of TV yeah. advised. You're like, okay, I kind of see how some of that stuff goes. And then listening to you guys, you know, I played a lot of superhero RPGs. And Exalted has a lot more in common with how I played superhero stuff than how I played fantasy stuff. I right. can see that. Yes, it is. You know, it's, it, it's like it's yeah. Asian fantasy superheroes. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. The, the, the epicness of it and the, um, you know, it, when you play D&D, D&D is about, okay, how are we going to grind through this? But oh, when we gosh. play superheroes, it's how do you come and, how do you come and save, save the village? How do you, exactly. you know, and, and guess what? The other super evil team shows up and they've got powers too. And how do we counter that? And how do we, so... Uh, and that's just listening to you guys. That finally, a lot of the pieces have clicked. Sweet. So now well, I got to. I got to read. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. I'm done. So I don't know. <laughs> so, so my answer is I don't know which uh, what books I'm looking forward to. I'll just whatever well, let me people just go get ahead excited and answer about. for you. Yeah, Abyssal chemicals. No, no. Abyssals. <laughs> Being able to be your own Voltron is awesome. Yes. <laughs> 
Well, all I all I know is uh, Lunars is next. Yes, and Lunars is <laughs> <Jim>. awesome. <laughs> but I couldn't yeah. tell you when that's going to happen at all. Yeah, per your NDA, or do you not that, know? That, that's uh, I, you know what? Honestly, I, I haven't signed in. I haven't signed anything. I have no. You, you can just tell us when we stop. <laughs> yeah, recording. I can tell whenever. Cool. I think it's. That's cool. I think it comes we'll out. It's two it weeks now. Yeah. Well, Rich will have that for you to sign. I, the only uh, thing so that, this yeah. episode goes live. The only thing I, I like, my gut says that it's not going to be the same weight between the core book and Dragon Blooded. Oh yeah, it better yeah. not. Yeah. Be. Uh, like it better not be. Well, yeah. and I'll tell you the the. Um, like putting the Kickstarter together, I got to deal with uh, with Robert and Eric a little bit, the developers, and yeah, they Robert seems really cool. Are awesome. Yeah, like I don't just, know Eric as much as Robert, but I, I look at a lot of stuff that Robert puts out, and I think well, that I, I can tell you, really, like, really and cool just you know, I've only met I've only met most of the Onyx Path team on email. Like, Rich is the only person I really know. Uh, right. I know Matt uh, a little bit too because he works for um, one bookshelf as well. So, yeah. Uh, but uh like I, I don't uh, like the first time I talked to these guys was, Hey, I'm putting together the Kickstarter. Is there anything that I should know? Um <laughs> and they are uh super smart, uh super organized, um and just like like I'm like, Are there do you guys have ideas about stretch goals? And they're like, Well here's here's thirty ideas. It's like wow, wow. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Okay, and then you know, even as we're running through, and that and that campaign was crazy. I mean, it was awesome. Like, I'm not gonna right. lie, it was. I I think everybody was very pleased with it. Um, and it was uh, it was the kind of thing you know. I'm emailing them daily, going, well, okay, how does this work, and what do we do, and what's this, and then they were really, they're just really good about. Well, we see yeah. people are talking about this, so let's make sure this part's expanded, and let's you know forget about that because nobody's interested in this and let's keep these things on there and let's here's our dream goals and and then you know i got to take ideas for their stretch goals and then go to rich and say how much does this stuff cost and he's like right. yeah yeah make that a stretch goal but it's a billion dollars <laughs> so, so I'll put it at the end then. Yeah, a lot of that. Well, kind if of it's stuff. a lunar stretch goal, Corey yeah. and Jim will make sure that that one happens. Don't worry. Yeah. It's been met, guys. We've unlocked it. Hey, um, speaking of uh, Kickstarter specifically and stretch goals yep. and all that, I was wondering when the backer kit closes because I keep wanting, like, I want to add those cloth maps on. Um, but I, you know, money's kind of tight for me right yeah. now. Personally, Wait a minute, I, and I'm you like, I don't want to miss out on it. It's um, it, uh, I think, um, that right up until I don't know for sure. I'll say that, and you know, I ask Rich that stuff a lot on some of these where I say, "Well, what's the?" And he's like, "I don't know, man. You're the Kickstarter guy. Figure out how this works." <laughs> uh, uh, like backer kit for that kind of stuff will be open until they're ready to ship the core book. Okay. So, so so we'll have some yeah, sort of warning. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. – we've got lots of time, uh, and then you'll get lots of warning. Well, I guess I meant more for, like, if there are people who are still kind of wavering on adding on the cloth maps or something, like like I am. Cause, yeah, I, I, mean, I think you've got – I like, I don't know for sure when this book will be ready, um, but, like, I think that – I don't think Backer Kit's going to close this year because I think this is the kind of thing where – Oh, okay. You know, like the PDF. The PDF was pretty. Um, so Mike Cheney's the guy who who's the master of art and all the graphics and is doing the layout for it. And 
uh, like I said, when they launch Kickstarters now, they make sure the manuscript's done and they make sure that artwork is starting to come in and, and that the project is going to be real. And when they did Dragon Blooded, like they did that times 10, you know, where it wasn't just, well, let's make sure there's a manuscript. It was, let's make sure there's a manuscript we've gone over 50 times. Let's make sure there's more art than we've ever had. Let's make sure that, you know, layouts are designed and we can start dropping things in. Um, and then in the Kickstarter, we, we make sure that we don't add more text to the book because we don't want the book to be delayed by people having to write stuff. Right. Um, right. But we do add more art. So it gets to the yeah. point where, you know, uh, Mike's got a layout, and it's uh, – these are made-up numbers, so I don't know. It's 400 pages, and then – 400 pages, you heard it here first. Right. <laughs> <laughs> On Twitter right now. No takebacks. Uh, and, you know, he's contracted the art out expecting, you know, we're going to do this much. This is his budget for art. And I, I, I think Rich has got, you know, after the years, has a really good gut where he can say – this is how much the art is going to cost. And then the Kickstarter comes out, and then there's a point where you're like, I think we could, we can add to that. And then you generate funds, and and then Mike has the ability to go and say, I think we can add, you know, another 30 pages of art to the book. And then he's got to go back into the layout and say, here's a quarter page, here's a quarter page, here's a quarter page. So then things start shifting around. So the layout you have... It's still functional, but then you start getting in the art and all that kind of stuff. So the PDF right. will still take a little bit. And then the other trick with Exalted is, you know, I don't know how long this book took to put together, but um, like I said, ownership of White Wolf has changed over the last three years. So they could be working on things that were not even approved by the owners necessarily. You know, right. it might be like, oh, the old owner said this, but now we want this. And so it's just an extra layer of, you know, you got to show all the art to somebody else to make sure that it's right. all blah, blah, blah. So, and then when you get that done, uh, we'll send out the PDF to all the backers, and then everybody pours over it and says, guys, you missed a, you know, this should be an M dash, not a double space, whatever. And, uh, yeah. and oh, you call this this, but it should be this. And then you get all that feedback, and then they go back in and do another pass and do all that. And then it goes off to print. And these books, unlike some of the other books they've got, these go to, you know, Super Printer, who specializes yeah. in these awesome, awesome, crazy deluxe. So it'll take a while which is a long way of saying I think you can add maps on for a while still. Yes. Now, um, this pump. What what <laughs> <laughs> This was my first Kickstarter experience was the Dragon Blood. Yeah, so you start I, you started on a roller coaster, man. Yeah. Right, right. And and I'm listening to you uh talk about this and it was it was the tail end when I actually got involved. So I am so looking forward to going on this lunar ride when it's ready to come out. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Just well, getting the, excited and getting to see the, like, hey, guys, if you do this, we can add this. Like, just well, to be able to ride through that yeah. whole experience. I came in on the, t- the tail end of both of the Exalted ones, too, Jim, so I missed out on that. But it is fun oh, man, when you're, like, right invested. The ride, the whole thing. When it you're invested good. in a Kickstarter, like, from the beginning, because I've backed... Dragon Blooded is my 40th one, and right. the wow. third edition was my first one. Um, 
so there have been some that I've been in on the ground floor and it's a lot of fun when you're like oh man we might like look at this huge target they set and there's no way we can get that and then it like in the last five days you see it like chipping away it's pretty cool. well the fact that we stay up on the news and stuff we're gonna be like chomping at the bit like oh, oh man it's oh, coming yeah. it's coming it's coming it's and actually gonna yeah. be pretty terrible this time around i think well it, look <laughs> like, the, in a good way though yeah, yeah. I, I don't i don't know when lunars all ha- like i don't think lunars is gonna happen this year like because because i think they you know need to have but these like i said these guys are awesome you never know um, I just feel like you canceled Christmas just now. I just, I just <laughs> <feel like that. laughs> I, I just, I just, I don't know how they could have it written that fast. But you know, like I said again, yeah. they are amazing. Um, yeah. I will say, like, you know, the the Dragon Blooded Kickstarter got to the point, especially with stretch goals, where you know, I I at the start of a campaign, it's like, give me ten. And then, you know, these guys come up with uh, 30 ideas. And then Rich is like, well, these six we can't do um, because we're not, you know, we can't. Uh, dice have proven difficult, and this has proven difficult, so let's avoid this. And this is going to cost more money. Well, anyway, blah, blah, blah. So then. Yeah, the you, Army of the Immaculate Dragons, yeah, we can't yeah, exactly. put that in because. <laughs> but uh, you start. Such a sore point. <laughs> and then it, it, got, it got rolling so fast. That you know, I'm sending daily emails to these guys going, but what's next? What's next? And we had to. There was a point where you know I was talking with uh, Mike Cheney, and I'm like, you need to come up with a new graphic that just lists every stretch goal we've hit this week because uh, I've already yeah. hit the character limit on Kickstarter. Like I right. went into type, you know, and our for our 15th stretch goal, and it's like you've exceeded your character limit. Oh wow! I didn't even know that was a thing. Neither did I. <laughs> so you can only imagine me in a panic, emailing, going, "I can't post the next stretch goal because." And he's like, "Okay, I'll start coming up with a list of here's everything we hit this week." And yeah. we were doing that so that fast cool. that I think there's like I I think there's a couple things we even left off the list because stuff was moving too fast. That it's like I, I don't know. We hit thirty something. You know, that's more than one a day. That's crazy. Right. Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah, and it does. Well, it was crazy fun. It does become a thing where you you go, oh, the heirs to the Shogunate, you know, the Dragon Blooded Companion, that looks cool. Uh, and then there's three sections for it, and then by the time you're done, you know, that book is massive. Right. So awesome. Yeah, apparently yeah. 400 pages, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm getting that book. It's on my list. Well, we have to. That's, the, uh, that's where the forest witches live. I mean, We're going to have to do that. The exciting oh. thing is that, um, like, you know, they've started working on that book as well. But, you know, Dragonblood's done. And so is, uh, you look at some of the other, like, the next book the was going to be The Realm. It's written. Right. Like, they've got yeah, it. It's written. It was written before the Kickstarter went. Right. So that's, I mean, awesome. Super looking forward to that. I am yeah. excited. Yes, yes. After the call, yes, I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs> well, uh, well, we we need to go ahead, and this is all amazing stuff. And thank you so much for uh, for for you know just laying all that out there for us and helping us understand all of that kind of stuff. It's been it's been really cool, and, I, and I've just enjoyed the story and hearing how it all works. And it gets me so excited to get back into doing some more of this, uh. going through that roller coaster again. Because I was uh. on the I was on the roller coaster for the whole thing from the beginning, and uh, man, it that is a fun process to go through. So I can't wait for it for Lunars and <laughs> yes, Exigence and everything else uh, coming down the pipe, man. 
It's going to be good. It's going to be good. <laughs> well, we're going to do uh, character seed of the week real quick here. Uh, it is my week, and I have just decided this week to do another girl. And also, little little uh, spoiler alert or uh, <laughs> teaser alert or whatever, or waving my hand toward the future. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I will say that we are planning to do a show on the Forest Witches for next week. And I know, Charles, uh. is not, he's, he's going to be missing for this one. And uh, we, we do have a, a, a guest host who's going to come join us, and that will be fun. But we're going to be talking about the Forest Witches, which is like my new very favorite thing. And I realized that I had read it in second edition, but I, I guess totally forgotten about it. I went back and read the first edition of uh force witches and just absolutely in love with this whole story so they're a they're a type of dragon blood they're they live in a certain place in the woods out in the east and so i decided since we're going to be doing that next week i would want to go ahead and make a character seed for a forest witch dragon blood so i have made the concept is the conflicted subversive and here's the seed you belong to a minority group or subversive organization which has plans to cause big change in the world. But while you believe in the mission of your close-knit group, you also profoundly disagree with a lot of their methods. As a result, you have made yourself a subversive presence even in your own subversive organization, seeking to fundamentally change the group that wants to fundamentally change the world. <laughs> <laughs> How meta can one character be? <laughs> well, you know, there is a lot of like kind of uncomfortable, weird stuff in the Forest Witches. I mean, there, there's like three different major things going on there, or maybe four different things going on there, and uh, and some of what they've got is like like the Sea of Mind. Even though it's one of the coolest things for those of you who know the Forest Witches and all that. For those of you who don't know, wait till next week. We'll talk about it. But for those of you who do know, the Sea of Mind is a really cool part of that whole group of people. However, it's also extremely strange it's a being that nobody understands being controlled by the dead that wants to eat reality so like you know like <laughs> yeah so there there's a um there's a bit of like threat there that i think that somebody might you know whose, whose eyes are open to it might want to go hey whoa 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 pump the brakes on this particular part of our uh world domination scheme right so that's kind of where this character came from and so the sample character i've made for it her name is mavith avadara and she is a, a dragon-blooded exalt. <clears throat> and I've decided I wanted to tie her in to my uh, aborted sacrifice solar that I made. Nice. So if you remember back to that character, <clears throat> right as he was, he, he was going out to be sacrificed to the fair folk, they were kind of escorting him out there. Uh, this other solar, this ancient solar, like attacks the group, burns half the forest down. He's going to die in the fire, but he sees a vision of the unconquered sun, which points his eyes to this, like this stone, this hearthstone laying on the ground. And it was a wood hearthstone that allowed him once he attuned to it with his newfound essence abilities and whatnot. Uh, it allowed him to, even though his body was burned to be reformed. So I wanted to tie in how that hearthstone got there. And in the forest, which is a zone or whatever you want to call it, their area where they live, they, there are five manses. I think three of them are wood. And there is a, there is a, a, a number. There's actually nine 
nine people who are in this group called the Mandala Guard that guard these five manses, which means I guess two would guard four of them and one guards one of the others. And maybe they rotate like how they do that. I don't know. But Maveth is one of the nine who guard these manses. And she, uh, during one of her guard duties where she is actually alone at the wood manse that produces that exact hearthstone, she finally decides to make her move because remember she's just, she wants to kind of turn the tide on what's going on in the forest, which is she takes the hearthstone from the manse and heads out with it. She does it a little bit for personal protection because you can't really be killed while this thing is active. And as she's going, she's just kind of wanting to get away from the forest, which is there for a while and, you know, see more of the world and understand more of what's at stake. She comes across this scene where this this boy is being dragged out to be sacrificed and she sees something in him that uh, just just really sparks her imagination. And also, I believe that she's she's attracted to him. And when she sees, sees things like totally going to crap in this clearing as this uh, anathema attacks them and is burning down the wood, she unattunes herself from the hearthstone and rolls it out into the clearing where he can see it. And not knowing if he's exalted or not, he actually just happens to exalt at that exact moment, grabs the stone and attunes himself to it. But she just sort of steps back, watches everything that's happened, and after... The thi- after everything settles and the ashes are, are, you know, falling because everybody's dead except for the solar who, you know, came and attacked, she sneaks back out and takes the stone. And this is why the aborted sacrifice has no idea where the stone is once he finally comes to and wakes up or whatever, because she has it. But she's not, she's not trying to break his attunement to it. She's always just keeping it close to him and watching him as he develops. And now she's got an idea that she wants to try to get you know, she wants to try to make a relationship with this guy and use him as sort of the the point of the spear to come back to her people and force some major change because she knows that these anathema are super powerful. So anyway, so kind of like a, a little bit of a symbiotic relationship there between the two of these. And so uh, we'll be putting up this this character concept, this seed, this sample character and character sheet for her on five pulls. Uh, very soon you can go check that out there but uh, Jim actually kind of inspired me with some of his talk before about making characters that are related to one another for that yeah. uh, quick start he was working on I was so going to say if you wanted to learn more about the Corey Exalted Cinematic Universe you can go to <laughs> com. <laughs> oh yes the old Kikum. Uh, and we're, we're gonna have a little t- flavor of that in our wild shape um oh yes we are definitely doing yes, yes. a wild shape cinematic universe yes that is happening so yeah. um yeah i've already started cool. tying stuff from your story in the mind awesome awesome all right well cool well there's the uh, the character seed for the week and now i know because i have checked the message machine that we have four messages waiting to go however because this episode is running kind of long, Sorry. I think. We, oh, hey, hey, hey! No, it's been awesome, man, and I and I, I'm glad that you took the time that you did to talk about all this stuff. All of it was fantastically interesting. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not at all trying to say that. Yeah, that was bad or anything, but uh, but because we did take we we have taken a lot of time. I I really just want to do one this week. Uh, Becca it. sent another one. We'll get to hers next week. Uh, Rick 
uh, S, he sent us a, a question. We want to get to his next week. And we You're also cutting have out one. all the stuff I wanted to talk about. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, man. No, it's all good. And it's all good. Alexi, uh, Alexi from Finland uh, sent one in also just this morning. But we'll do all of those next week. But Luis uh, Save the Finland one, one for when I get back, please. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll save. The, all right. Sorry, Alexi. I know I told you that we'd do it next week, but we will be doing I, it I want to talk after. to his. I really liked his. Okay. All right. So this week we have Luis sent us, uh, sent us a clip in. And MVP. Yes. We, we love Luis. Uh, he was the one that gave us the idea to do the uh, martial arts challenge. Yes. And he said oh, it's kind of a follow-up. mentioning the martial arts challenge, uh, we have the updated version of the Stinging Hornet style on, That's the, right. on the website. Right. Jim's added his uh, his a couple more charms to the Stinging Hornet style. So if you go back to fivepoles.com, you'll be able to see those that are up there. But we want to hear Luis's uh, his, his new uh, message. And so let's go to the message machine and see what he has to say. Hey guys, from the Deliberative Podcast, uh, Luis here, and I bring another question for you. Do you guys think Exalted is a hard game to play? Here in Brazil, it's especially hard to play. There's absolutely no Exalted content in Portuguese. So being the only English-speaking person in my group, I actually have to teach them how to play. But even back in second edition, when I played with another group and they all spoke English, it was still hard to learn how to play Exotic. There's a lot of systems and a lot of things to keep in mind. I remember when I told my players to pick their, their charms and they asked, how many charms do we get? I said 15 and they, what? Everyone said, it's just too many charms to keep track of. I don't even know what I can do. So the main thing that my group does is excellencies. They just spend modes and gain dice. So I want to know, you guys played much more Exalted than I did in the past. Is it a common problem to get into Exalted being such a hard game to play? Absolutely love you guys. Uh, just for the record, if I were to be an exalted type, I would choose the Sidereal because Sidereal martial arts, they're just really cool. It's just freaking awesome to kick your opponent out of reality. I'm really looking forward to your actual play of exalted. I really want to listen to it and keep up the good work. Awesome. <laughs> I love Luis. Yeah, he's so he, great. I All want right, to James be his Bell. best friend. <laughs> James James Bell, we have a new assignment Kickstarter for a translation of Portuguese. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's right. Exalt stuff. Done. And if you need somebody okay. who speaks both English and Portuguese to help do your translation, well, the, we know the Luis. guy who uh, I had lunch with that when Rich offered me the job, my buddy Claudio, is from Brazil. Oh, awesome. I'll oh, just yeah, have him. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's at least for a PDF in Portuguese. That would be really good. Of course, that's a massive book to translate. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, and of course, Luis loves the sidereal martial arts, as do I, buddy. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I cannot wait to see it. We, you know, we haven't even seen one yet in third edition. Oh, gosh, I haven't I seen them in second it. edition, and I want to be, like, totally blown away by them. Oh, so, they're so right. awesome in second edition. I have oh, no idea. Goodness. I know that they are the best, but I don't don't really understand that yet yeah, nobody does and i don't I'm think the people who wrote to... them understand <laughs> i don't think anybody understands sidereal <laughs> sidereal martial arts it's just it's like too it's too far above us warning this will break the game yeah. yes <laughs> hey so i want to answer his question first 
Okay. Go so ahead. with the with the um, because we can't answer the question of is exalted hard because of a language barrier, right? Um, that would as as someone who knows another language, I know Russian. It would be extremely difficult to. <laughs> what'd you say? I said spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best spoiler alert ever. <laughs> um, I can't. I can't even begin to imagine how difficult it would be to try to translate something where wording is that important, like on the fly, to people who don't right. know the other language at all. So, uh, sorry, Louise, we can't really speak to that point, but is exalted hard to play um i'm probably going to be the only one that says this but yes i don't know that Corey and jim would say that i don't know why i feel that but i think it is hard to play in almost every way it's it's hard to sell people on it um because it's just so freaking weird and and all of this in a good way like it's just it's so radically different from anything else that it's hard to come up with that you know 10 second elevator pitch for it um right the the mechanics are intuitive once you learn them yes but sometimes learning them is not always intuitive right and there are so many of them like it's an almost what 800 page book 700 800 700 yeah right holy crap that's just like that's freaking insane so yes i do think exalted is hard to play i think if if you're finding it hard to play mostly just because of the sheer amount of content even just in the core rule book this is what the quick start is perfect for um even though i didn't really care for the quick start right too much because i already kind of understood exalted and i knew like man they just don't really have very many good charms yeah they that's kind of i think that's the point of it is here's a manageable number of charms for your characters to learn who have no idea what charms are how they work how they improve the game and how they actually make the game so you can kind of get a taste with some of the very generic ones and then go on from there i mean because if your characters are only using charms uh as excellencies then that i mean that's i hate to say that's wrong it's a, it's definitely a poor not, experience like compared to barely exalted. Full, it's right. barely playing exalted. Yeah, I would say that too. Yeah. What about you, Jim? What do you feel about? Well, just to build off a little bit of what Charles said right there at the end, maybe starting off with what I would call exalted light, like a simplified version of the game, would be okay, especially if you're getting players that are new to role playing. Or transitioning from one game to another, yeah. To to mm. exalted, maybe start with um, the new characters. Let's focus on five charms, and then get a couple of games under your belt, and then like they start remembering when they're dodging something to activate this certain reflexive charm they have, yeah. and they're they're getting used to it. Like after about a game or two, say, all right, guys. Go ahead and add five more new charms. And 
kind of ease them into it. You know, like putting them in the kiddie pool for a little bit. Let them get right. used to um, combining abilities with attributes. Like, okay, I'm doing this, so I'm going to do perception plus awareness. Or I'm doing this, so I'm going to do dexterity plus um, melee. And let them get used to the system as you ease them into it. That could make it a little bit easier. Yeah. Because it, right. it would it would probably be easier to remember. Like like, uh, I don't know how phone numbers are in Brazil, but like phone numbers in the United States, we break them up in sets. Like you have three numbers, three numbers, four numbers. You know, yeah. for the entire. Right. So. Would it be easier? I just touch a name on my iPhone. Product alert. <laughs> we, we were born in the late seventies, so that yeah. that system Well, two of us it, were. Well, yeah. <laughs> um so like three sets of five charms would be easier to manage than one set of fifteen. And also another thing is take the charms and write out a brief description of course write out whether it's reflexive simple or uh, and and the duration write that out on a text like in a word document or something and give yourself a cheat sheet i know that when we were playing on the um the play podcast I had a right. cheat sheet. Now, yeah, I should have made that cheat sheet front and back instead of like one of six, four of six, and five <laughs> of six. So, I, you know, you, Corey's going to have fun editing out me flipping these paper pages trying to figure <laughs> out how many motes I got to spend to use my charm. But doing something that simplified version of the game. And the cool well, thing is, you know, in, in the Charles actually system, does this in his game. Uh, right. You use the charm cards, don't you, Charles? With your your players, one one of my players does. I I gave them all, um, or I told them all about the charm cards, and I said I think these are really cool. It will save you time instead of having to type the stuff out or going in and copying and pasting and changing the format to something that you like the look of more. You can just right. say that one that one that one and then you just cut them out you can put them in like a trading card sleeve or something right and that works really well well and luis would have to he would have to translate those and only translate the ones that his characters had picked after he described them yeah yeah well the other thing i oh sorry jim i wanted to add on to your cheat sheet thing when you're done because i like that okay well i I, i'm just going to finish up with this uh you have the uh the golden rule that is actually written in the core rule book that states that if rules you don't like it get rid of them but what i'm saying is i don't i i'm a rules guy just like Corey. um if a rule is getting in the way because of its complexity let's just table it until we get a good feel for it and then we'll pull it back in yeah like, right you know don't get rid of the rule because the rules are good Right. I love them. So if if something's comp- complicated, let's put it off to the side. Let's let's learn a simplified version, and then okay, now that you guys have learned how to crawl, I'm going to teach you how to somersault off of your companions, <laughs> so that you can. Why stunt. are my shoulder blades so sore? <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I 
I really like cheat sheets. I, you know, just like Jim, I do it when we played Wild Shape and my players do it in various, uh, you know, like one guy writes all his out by hand on note cards and has all the keywords on one side and the description on the other. But something that I've noticed that the books do that uh, we have never done, and I think I'm going to start moving more towards, is not grouping charms based on abilities, but grouping them based on the situation in which you would use yes. them. And what I mean is, like, it's one thing to have, you know, athletics and bureaucracy and dodge and resistance and war. But, like, right. some of those, you know, maybe there's a combat charm in each one of those and a defense in each right. one of those or something. And it gets very confusing when you're jumping between so many things. So, I think another, another um, like, hack people could use that they might not even think about, because I never did until I just kind of happened to notice it in the book, is say, here are all of my offense charms. These either debuff enemies or buff m me and my friends or they deal damage here are all my defense charms and then for the rest you can organize them however you want you know ones that you use outside of combat that's that's really good right. that's a really good idea that i think i'm gonna idea. go revisit my uh, charm <laughs> list and uh group same them here that way. well they do that in the uh, adversaries of the righteous and hundred yes. devils night parade where it says and, initially yeah, and i didn't like that I was like, eh, I don't really like that because they were just kind of all mixed in. But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, it's just like a character sheet. You have all of your all of your abilities are in the same spot and all of your skills are in the same spot. You don't have them spread out over four sheets. It doesn't make right. sense to do that. Yeah, that's good. Well, when I think about this question is exalted hard. Um, I, I mean, certainly the, there, it's a big book. And, uh, but at the same time, the rules are not very difficult to grasp, um, you know, just kind of on their own. But, but it just when it, even when it comes to a big book though, uh, I am, I mean, that's just sort of like, so up my alley that I can't, <laughs> I can't even, you know, uh, I mean, you can't when even. I was a kid, when I was just a kid, I loved fantasy fiction, like adult fantasy fiction. Uh, not adult in in terms oh, of like just the, the rating. rating won't go any higher. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm clicking; but, uh, it won't change. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I loved I loved just like the normal adult, uh, you know, sci-fi and fantasy type stuff. And I I read about a book a day, and Good I grief. hated the fact that the books were done so quickly. And so I went to the bookstore one day. I still remember this is great. And I went looking for the biggest book in the entire <laughs> fantasy sci-fi section. So I'm like, I want something that's going to take me a while, right? Which is, by the way, how I discovered Tad Williams. Oh, uh, so good. Who's one of my favorite writers. So good. And I tried to even be pen pals with him for a while. I used to write him all kinds of letters, and he wrote back, "Sorry, Ted, sorry for being such a such a doofus." Yeah, but but anyway, uh, he was he's he's such a great guy. But uh, but his book, "To Green Angel Tower," in hardback. Holy form, crap! 
was like two Bibles stacked on top of each other. They had to separate the paperback into two bigger than every other paperback paperbacks. Yeah, Yeah, the two halves of that book in paperback form were each bigger than like the biggest Robert Jordan paperback, right? Yeah. Which that's saying something, right? (laughs) So yeah, so to Green Angel Tower was this like, you know, heavy melee weapon. And, uh, and... (laughs) And I, I, I was like, oh, man, this is the third book in a series. Well, now I'm going to have to read the whole series. So that's how I actually got into Tad Williams, and, and he's so great. But So I, I just gravitate toward things that are big, big, and that have a lot of options. And in it, to be honest, most role-playing games just don't have enough stuff in it for me to get really excited about, you know? Uh, even even some of the stuff in you know as much as I love uh, Chronicles of Darkness, New World of Darkness, whatever you want to call it, watch as as it. I, I know I'm I'm treading on some thin ice. Here. If you trash talk Hunter, I'm done. I'm not trash talk. Well, actually, you know what? Since you said that, let me trash talk Hunter. No, trash it. Trash it. <laughs> <laughs> because Hunter is great, and I do love Hunter the Vigil. Um, I know that there's so many people out there who are old World of Darkness people, and they're like, "You New World of Darkness people are stupid. The old was best." Well, whatever. I just know the New World of Darkness stuff better than the old world. And yeah. Hunter the Vigil is an amazing game. Oh gosh, it's so good. <laughs> Although I do I am I am disappointed in its anemicness. Is that a word? What what do you what would you call that? Anemia? Anemia. Yeah, I don't know. And it's an Anyway, in its, it's anemic, an anemic game. It's anemic in the sense that like at the uh tier 3, what what do we what do you call them, Charles, the the different uh Conspir- conspir- So there's like tier 1 which is nothing. Yeah, so, yeah. Tier 2 are compacts and tier, tier three, 3 are conspiracy. Okay. So when you get to tier 3, this is where all the supernatural powers are, right? So these are your uh, I remember the ones that made the elixirs, they made the different potions and whatnot, right? Yeah. Uh, those guys were pretty cool. And the um, that FBI group that we were a part of in our hunter game, can't remember their name. They were in the uh, slashers book uh anywho but uh but yeah oh, Vascu. So, yes vast no anyway yeah. task force valkyrie and all these other kinds of things right each one of them has like their own supernatural like their five dot supernatural thing that they do yeah and i'm just like if we play this game for a year like i feel like we would have every one of the five dots like like what what else is there you know, like I don't just want, you know, two or three levels of potion power. Like I want some crazy stuff, you know? And so I, I just, there's like something that just feels like it doesn't go all the way for me. Like it's just not, it, there's not enough variety. There's not enough stuff there. Although I do love the game, love playing it. I view those games as more of like short campaigns rather than like extremely long campaigns. But when you come to when you come to a game like Exalted and you look at this book and you look at how rich all of this stuff is with all these different things, is it is it complex for new players? Yes, but it's so worth overcoming that. And I'm I am in a situation where I'm having to teach this game to like a 13 year old girl and 11 year old girl, and I am having to essentially guide like hold their hand and guide them through the choosing of their charms like oh you know it'd be really neat for a character like that like you've described how about if you took this merit that lets you uh, be a chameleon and like blend it oh yes I love that you know and then like what if we took this charm that let you just disappear from somebody's you know notice while you were standing right in front of them yes that's exactly what I want you know and so like I'm just sort of holding their hands <laughs> helping them pick these charms and then I'm going to print out charm cards for them 
so that they don't have to go looking through a 700 page book to find the things that they can do they've just got it right in front of them i just think that's smart for everybody yes i mean how how big is the charm section alone it's half it's like half the book yeah exactly well that that, that, that's another reason why we focus on uh concept and character seeds and our character of the week Yes. My kids come to me and they're like, here is the character I want to play. Now you build it for me because yeah. <laughs> I don't want to sit here while you read all the charms to me. This is what I want. Give me a character that does this. And I'm yeah. like, all right, I'll, I'll build you a character, but Lazy I got to do turds. one for the podcast this week. <laughs> but right. no, I mean, I want them, to, which we, we dealt with this a few times um, in our role playing group. Everyone just goes straight to character creation and starts building a character. And it's like, no, no, what do you want? What kind of character do you want? And, you know, the more experienced people can help you. Like, this is where you want to go. But, I mean, once you get a couple of characters under your belt, you are already, like, the the character creation and the concept portion are just kind of meshing together as you're building the character. But for new players come up with a concept like what kind of what what kind of character do you want to play and they're like well what can i do like this is exalted you can do anything you want literally Uh. anything (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely well james did you uh do you have anything you wanted to add to that uh it seems hard no i'm (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the only thing the only thing i would add because everything you said is smart um if if they have uh, an RPG that they already play that's in Portuguese that they're happy with. Like, I I would even start just taking Exalted and using that as the background and playing whatever Ooh. game they're playing and just slowly, you know, like, he's got yeah, a resource. Yeah, setting and everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if he, if he can't get... Because it is a lot to, to flip over, especially if they don't speak the language. Right. Um, but, you know, if... Hey, if you're not going to play Exalted, steal from it. Tell them yeah. that you've created this awesome setting and then just <laughs> run with it and they'll think you're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> this is really elaborate. I can't believe he's yeah. come up with all <laughs> <laughs> And other people have done these like videos on YouTube explaining it too. Yeah. How did you guys all come? No. Louis but, uh, there's a like company in America exalt, that stole his idea. <laughs> Luis yes. seems like such an exalted fan that that's going to be hard for him. He yeah, that, that would be hard game. for me. Yeah, that would <laughs> yeah. be really hard for me. Yeah, because nobody else has like the cool combat system and everything else. So I mean, it's really unique among role playing games. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it would be hard. It would be, it would be extremely hard for me. Surpri- I know that there are other people who do it, but yeah, I'm surprised it's not. Trans- I don't know. Somebody somebody get in touch with White Wolf and license that for sure. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Well, all right, guys. Well, this has been a long episode, so that about wraps it up for this week. And we'll, uh, you know, got a little bit of a of an XXL episode here today. <laughs> um, so, uh, as we're wrapping up, let's just talk a little bit about where people can find more of your stuff. Well, you can find me on YouTube, infrequently streaming the FFG game Android Netrunner, which is an asymmetric, futuristic cyberpunk card game. You can also find me on the Onyx Path forums as Lucky Chucky. And I also run our Facebook page, The Deliberative Podcast, as well as our Twitter account, at Deliberative Pod. And your YouTube channel is System Outage. Oh, System Outage, yeah. (laughs) Good catch. (laughs) 
Uh, you can always find me at our website at fivepoles.com. You can reach me direct at my email, james.fivepoles at gmail.com. I go by the username Reform Ninja on the forums, and on the Deep Wild forum, I go by Jay Wesley. For me, for all game-related things, including the official Onyx Path forums and the DeepWild.com forums, I am Numapilot. And how about you, James? Where can folks find your stuff? Uh, I'm on Twitter at OneJamesBell, and uh, probably the moment this drops, you can find me on Kickstarter with the Geist, the Sin Eater 2nd Edition Kickstarter launching on July 2nd. Awesome. Plug, plug, plug. Nice. Nice. Geist was one of those games. I bought all the books, uh, started reading it. Yeah, liked it, loved it. We just sat, at that point we had so many games. It's like when you're the kind of person who's like the fan of all of the uh, the White Wolf stuff, it's like, wow, I've got ten games that I all want to play, and we can play one. You know, so. so so you guys are waiting for the Hunter Second Edition Kickstarter. I am yes. going to spend probably like five hundred dollars on that one. I kid you wow. not. I'm penciling wow. that in right now. I, He's honestly, gonna go write your write your pledge down. Yeah, honestly, you can I, be in the Charles level. This this no, I, three thousand dollar level has your name all over it. I, I mean, Hunter is just to me. It is the perfect game. It hits literally everything that I want in a game. Everything without fail. I, I used hmm. to watch Supernatural and say, I wonder if these guys have read the Hunter books. Oh, yeah. yeah. It feels like it's yeah. in there. <laughs> we but used to yeah, put together so, little, little like video montages for our Hunter games, and we, we used oh, yeah. a lot of Supernatural clips for those. Yeah. If, if they have some like really cool upper tier stretch goals, I wouldn't blink. Like, if, assuming that I'm in a place where I could spend the cash, I wouldn't blink at dropping $1,000 on Hunter. Oh gosh! Wouldn't what? even blink. I oh yeah. Be, yeah, I'll be in touch. <laughs> <laughs> James, uh, we're gonna send you the raw audio of Charles. Yeah, this is where I say, just to me the cash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here's a check. Write in whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, if you have a question or an issue that you would like us to discuss on The Deliberative, please send your question to us at thedeliberativepodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word, thedeliberativepodcast at gmail.com. And if at all possible, send us a recording of yourself asking the question or making the comments, and we will have an article up on fivepoles.com really soon about how to do that because we yes. realize not everybody has an iPhone where you can just push one button and do it. And so for those of you who have like things where you have to push 10 buttons and wrangle with the hardware. <laughs> oh, um, come on. <laughs> we're, no, we'll but we, have, some... we have had a lot of people ask how yes, to we do that. So we're working on... We're working on getting an article together to make that easier for everyone. To but if you do have us. an iPhone and you just want to know how to do it right now, you just hit your voice memos app. And if you don't have that, check the app store for voice memos. It's one that Apple uh, produces. It's it's free to you. And you just record yourself and hit the share button and then hit hit email, email it to our email address and you're good. I to mean, go. the other device has to have something similar. I mean, yeah, we, it has. we to. just I don't mean, know what that is. We're going to have to do some <laughs> real research. It's a phone. I mean, it it's made to take in audio and yeah, yeah you say that but i mean this is android we're talking about all right anyway. easy now <laughs> <laughs> hey guys don't forget to leave us a review on itunes um we love reading them uh it's encouraging it 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 boosts boosts us to 
to get excited about doing the show. Absolutely. And it also uh, helps uh, bump us up when people start searching for Exalted and Exalted podcasts. It, it helps them find us a lot easier, and we appreciate all the reviews that you guys have left so far. Thank you for listening to the Deliberative Podcast. Now go forth and bring righteousness to the world as you know best. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-o. See ya. (laughs)